This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers <laughs> voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. It is Thursday, December 15th, 2022. The Monty Show live at the Maverick Center. As always, presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Again, we wake up in Salt Lake City to snow on the roads. Yeah. Jake and I saw idiot big pickup truck driver going way too fast. When that guy hits you, it's The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. A lot to get to today. The Utah Jazz and the New Orleans Pelicans, 7 o'clock tonight, and they're back-to-back. Big John Collins trade update for you. We have a deal, and I wonder if you will like it. Big names leave Salt Lake City for John Collins. We'll have that for you. How about UCLA? The Bruins are headed to the Big Ten. And I think we all anticipated this was going to happen. Yeah. I think we all knew this was going to happen. But are you surprised at the numbers that are being thrown around? Because obviously UCLA believes they're going to get 60 to $70 million a year in TV money from the Big Ten. But after this deal was reached, the UC Board of Regents essentially said, hey, you're going to pay Cal Berkeley between 2 and $10 million a year based on what they get in a new Pac-12 TV deal. That seems like an awfully steep toll to pay if you are UCLA when you have... At least, at least a $10 million to $90 million, depending on who you believe, uh, financial deficit to overcome at UCLA. Are you surprised, Jake, that UCLA is going to have to give up that kind of bread? Yeah, I mean, I think it was always going to be part of their situation, if you will, that they were going to have to help out Berkeley. But I, I think that... You know, I, I think that there's too much benefit in the, going to the Big Ten not to do it. Like, I think you're you're in nine figures of debt at, at UCLA. Like, you don't really have too much of a choice. Like, you need to go somewhere, and you need to start making as much money every single year as you can possibly make. And I think that, that to me, is, is the strategy. Hey, like... All right, like let's say that they're still running at a deficit. Well, maybe that deficit is one dollar instead of five dollars, right? And and that allows them to be in in a more improved position, even if that position is brutal, you know. So like to me, I think that the thing that no one's talking about is the money that you could potentially get from you know college football playoff berths and 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 the top end of college football if you can get there now that you're in the Big Ten and now that you're going to be the the team that plays in the primetime slot a lot at night, right? Because we've talked all about how, you know, Big Ten after dark and they're going to be doing the primetime slot thing. And, right. and to me, right. if I'm UCLA, I need to be a part of that. I need to be in a position where I'm making Dude, as much UCLA. money. UCLA, it's UCLA, right? Like, Not UCLA. Like, <clears throat> UCLA, right? DTR, Charbonnet, right? All these guys that have been there for decades now, it seems like, you know? Like these, this, this team and this university, like they need to make as much money as fast as possible. And to me, you never want to be in that position in life, but that's where they're at. And so I just don't think it's uh, uh, too heavy of a price to pay to, to help Berkeley. Like, I kind of feel like you, they knew all along that this was going to be. Oh yeah. They knew that they were going to have to kick down to Cal. I mean, I I think they knew that. I think 
you're looking at money. We're talking about, I think it's at least $70 million net um, for UCLA in this move. I mean, it, it raises everything from recruiting, football, basketball. It certainly helps you generate more revenue down the line as far as the sports totem pole goes. Um, I think it certainly helps you in corporate sponsorships. You're going to be on bigger TV platforms. You're going to be playing in bigger games, bigger games of consequence. I think this puts a lot more microscope on Chip Kelly, which is probably a good thing uh, if you're a Bruins fan. But for the for the the Pac-12, I, I think this is D-Day because this move now tells you you have one more season with Los Angeles in your TV deal. And then you really have to start wondering what does the Pac-12 do to save themselves? Because I think that's what it is now. The Pac-12 is in survival mode. And if you want to live, I think you have got to, at a very minimum, get Gonzaga and San Diego State into Mm -hmm. your conference. And I think you have to do everything possible to do that. And I think what happens now is what we've talked about for over a month now. ESPN and Amazon are now in the catbird seat because they know that the Pac-12 no longer has Los Angeles and you have a real clear look at who that conference is and what their value is. Again, I was told that it's 20 to $25 million per school per season max. That's what ESPN and and Amazon uh, essentially are are bouncing back to the Pac-12. And I think if you are George Klyovkov, the commissioner of the Pac-12, um, I think you're going back to Amazon today trying to get every penny that you can yeah. because now it feels like you have to make a deal. And, you know, for everybody that was ripping the Big 12 TV deal, here's the question I'd ask for you. Who's in a better position today? I don't think there's any doubt the Big 12 is in a far better position now than the Pac-12 is. And if you're the Pac-12, wouldn't you love to have the TV deal that the Big 12 got? You know, I absolutely think you would. And we can sit here and we can spin ands and ifs and buts. But the reality is, if you're the Pac-12, you are looking at a financial disaster. If you wind up anything less than $30 million a school, you're looking at a financial disaster, in my opinion. And I just don't see how you're going to be able to convince a brand like Gonzaga Basketball to join your conference at $30 million a year. Yeah. And by the way, wouldn't they be getting less? Because that's a non-football property. Yep. So if you go to Gonzaga and you say, hey, join as a basketball only or join all of your sports, we'll pay you $15 million. We'll pay you $20 million. That doesn't seem like a winning proposition <laughs> for Gonzaga, who has, from all understanding, a free ticket to join the the Big 12 as a 75% shareholder. Well, that's why I say they're, in a sense, they're kind of a free agent, if you think about it. Like, yeah, you know, they're, they're obviously in a conference, but, like, to me, as far as P5s and, like, what their next move is, they can go wherever they want to go. Everybody wants them. And, and in that sense you're basically operating like a free agent. And yeah, I think your point about them being basketball only, now obviously they have other sports, but as far as football and basketball are concerned, you're basketball only, Gonzaga. Like, you, you, your whole mission is not to be nice to the Pac-12, but instead to make as much money as you can. And again, this is why we've been saying for how many weeks now, dude? How many weeks? This conversation's about money and paying the bills, not... Hey, we're the best. We're the conference of champions. Like we're great at badminton. Well, and don't forget who would love to have Gonzaga in the Big Twelve. 
Well, that'd be Fox Sports because what does Fox have? Fox has the overwhelming majority of the Big 12 basketball inventory now. And if you're Fox, you have a lot of leverage over Big 12 basketball, which means you have a lot of leverage over over Gonzaga and trying to push Gonzaga into the conference because you can't tell me if you're Fox and you're able to get Kansas-Gonzaga twice a year every single year of your contract, yeah, that you're not going to have a huge TV audience for that for two almost always top-five-ranked college basketball programs. Yeah. You can't tell me that Fox isn't willing to pony up more money to kick Gonzaga basketball into the Big 12. Yes, yes, like, yes. All of the stars aligned, and we've been, again, I know we've been saying this, and really this UCLA decision yesterday didn't change anything, but it just crystallizes now the real dire straits that the Pac-12 finds themselves in. And I do believe that the Pac-12 is in dire straits. I'm not not the guy that sees sunshine and everything, especially when it's all clouds, bro. I don't see how the Pac-12 survives this. I really don't. The Pac-12 is going to come out and say, yeah, we're in dire straits. Like, you need to understand that. Like, the Pac-12 has never been, and and really now we need to say the Pac-10, has never really been a conference that, that is like, yeah, we're going to be honest and real about everything. And I've always maintained that I feel like if you were honest and open and just real about everything, I almost feel like people would relate to you and they would want to help you. Like I, like I'm not saying that you know the Pac or uh, the Big Ten or the Big Twelve or whatever the SEC is going to reach out and say, here's a bunch of money. But I do think that when it comes down to you know, uh, working together to build a total package in college football, people would be willing to help you in whatever way they can. Because the truth is, is that if the Pac-10 was a prolific conference, if they were a conference that that really was a threat every single so year. So now, the, wait, are we going Pac-10 now? Yeah, it's Pac-10 it's now. It's Pac-10 over. now. Yeah, okay. it's over. It's right. a Pac-10. Correct me every time I yeah, say Pac-12. Because I'm going to say the Pac-12 a bunch too. You know what I mean? And, and, it, and it's an adjustment, you know? And again, that's something you got to get used to too as a fan and a consumer. College football realignment, really college athletic realignment is going to continue to happen and it's going to happen swiftly. So like to me, it's it's like we have to start to get used to this now, almost in the way that we're used to it at the pro level with players and all these massive baseball contracts and like all these big changes that happen at the pro level in sports. Like we got to get used to this in college athletics now and specifically in football and basketball. And to me, you know, this should make you appreciate people like Kevin Warren and Brett Yormark. Like, these two guys are really trendsetters. They're blazing things. Like, they're pushing forward. The This $70 million a year per school nonsense that the Big Ten has somehow accomplished is truly incredible. And it, and it puts the Pac-10 in a really bad position. Well, and I, I also think what it does is it really pushes Big Ten schools to $100 million a year in revenue. And when you're all said Which and done. unheard of. Yeah, I mean, most most Big Ten schools are going to have an opportunity to make $100 million a dilly, year. Dilly, dilly. Dude, seriously, dilly, dilly. When you're talking about the ability to recruit, the ability now, because we know that the NIL negotiations that are happening, you, you we hear every day, it seems like a new story where, hey, if you come play football at my school, we'll pay you a million dollars a year and we'll do X, Y, and Z. You'll have a new Cadillac to drive. You know, you're going to have Nike swag. You'll, you know, you'll get every, every one of the latest Air Jordan releases. Like they, these are negotiations now. If you're making a hundred million dollars in the Big Ten and you are, think about, think about five star recruits are one thing, right? Like everybody battles over five stars, but 
three and four stars are the ones that win your national championships. Yep. If you're talking to a three-star offensive lineman, if you're talking to a three-star wide receiver, right? If you're Deion Sanders and you're making $20 million a year in your TV deal, and, and let's say that because Prime's there, let's say that Prime and is worth $10 million more a year and the TV deal's $20 million, you're at $30 million at Colorado. Yeah. And you're recruiting against, you know, pick a mid-table, um, you know, Big Ten team. Let's say you're recruiting against Michigan State. Yeah. Michigan State can offer that kid a million dollars a year, every Jordan, a car deal, a, a luxury condo. Deion Sanders ain't worth that much money when you're offering a kid a million dollars, Jays, a condo, and a car. Because yeah. that's the reality of college football recruiting now. The transfer portal and NIL has changed the way that kids do business in picking schools. And I think that's the biggest problem. If you're a Pac-10 school, that's the biggest problem now. You don't have you know that kind of leverage, that kind of ammunition to go after these kids who really do care about uniforms, who care about shoes, cars, condos, and of course the almighty dollar. Colorado can't compete financially with, and it's crazy to say this out loud, they can't compete financially with an Illinois and Indiana, Purdue. You can't do that. Look at basketball. If you're the big 10 and you're the big 12, and let's say that you're the you're UCLA or let's say Arizona, who's supposedly the best program in the in the Pac-10, right? That's the 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 basketball standard in the the Pac-10 is Arizona. Arizona now can legally pay players, but they can't compete with Big 12 or or or, or Big 10. If you're a kid that's choosing between Gonzaga and and or excuse me, geez, I said it, Gonzaga and Arizona. Gonzaga. Tell me again that you're going to take Arizona and that $100,000 whereas Gonzaga joining the Big 12 can now offer, hey, we can pay you half a million dollars and we're going to give you a luxury condo. It's a lot of bread. Dude. It's a That's big difference. a lot of money it's a, to a kid. A, a, and by the way, let's also not forget any day if, if the, and I'm not saying they're going to, but if the Big 12 ever decides to release their football schedule, and I'm not saying they're going to, because that was supposed to happen Monday, and now some people believe it's going to happen today or tomorrow. Yeah. Look at the matchups on that Big 12 football schedule because they're going to be mighty. You're adding these four new teams, and now next year you're getting Oklahoma and Texas, it looks like, to the SEC, SC and UCLA to the Big 10, nobody probably to the Pac-10. We'll see. Look at the way the landscape's going to change when this Big 12 schedule comes out. Yeah, and I just think that, the the you know, obviously, like I think people are starting to understand, but – you can just see the domino effect that happens here. You can see how, like, with everything you just explained with NIL and the, the flow of money, and then, you know, you look at scheduling, and then that scheduling affects TV money. Yeah. And, like, it's just a vicious cycle that goes downhill really fast. And and I just, I, I don't understand why we had to get here with, with the Pac-12, 10, how many ever schools, right? Like, I don't understand why it had to be this way. Why couldn't... The, the pack, find someone who knew how to operate, bro. Know, why, why why do we have to sit here and be like, yeah, the Seattle market is probably going to be a Big Ten property in the next five years. Uh, L.A. is a Big Ten property. like You know what I mean? But like, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, we were talking about, you know, Oregon. Hey, hey we, yesterday we talked about what happens if UCLA stays in the Pac-12, right? Yeah. And we were talking about TV audiences, markets. 
all of the YouTube comments yesterday were, well, Los Angeles is a much bigger TV market. But does it matter if the tree falls in the forest and nobody is there to hear it? Because more people, and do you guys realize that the, the more than respectable TV viewership that Washington State has? Do you guys understand the mega numbers that come out of Oregon, um, Seattle? Like, they, like yeah. Oregon draws eyes. The, the Huskies who play in Seattle draw eyes. I didn't think Gonzaga is so valuable. Yeah, in Spokane. Uh, you, you you have to understand that, yeah, it's cool that UCLA and USC are in Los Angeles, the second largest market in the country, but I got news for you, dude. The bigger story is how many people actually watch the game on TV, you're going to get a million viewers. You send them to the New Mexico Bowl and BYU fans will travel I'm for real. somehow to the New Mexico Bowl, right? So... It doesn't matter as much of your TV market as it matters how many people watch your games. And that, to me, is what is the win for Washington, Oregon. You know, you look at, again, Little Pullman, Washington, where Washington State is, they have a really solid TV number. Yeah. They're, they're, it, it's mind-boggling Well, and I to think me. that you have to take, like, a lot of people, like, you know, YouTube commenters or, like, and I'm not talking about the chat on the show. I'm talking about, like, people who watch the show throughout the day and comment on our channel. Like, a lot of people, you know, don't take their opinion out of the numbers. Like, I get it. If you're, if you're an L.A. person and we're sitting here talking about Seattle and Pullman and, you know, all these different, you know, Spokane, like, all these different Pacific Northwest markets – you're like, dude, this is L.A. Like, what are you guys talking about? It's like, yeah, I'm with you. L.A. has millions upon millions of people, but who gives a damn if they're too busy eating dinner and not watching the no, game? It, who gives a damn if they're out getting sushi and waiting for the Golden Globe nominations to be announced? Yeah. Because they're not watching football. I got news for you. The reason that the NFL left L.A. for all those years was because people weren't going to games. People weren't watching games. The reason the, the, the NFL is back is because they had a money-making opportunity in Los Angeles. That's why they're back. It's not like, by the way, that the Rams draw the biggest TV water in the, in the NFL because they do not. But the issue is it gives them Los Angeles, right? In pro sports, it matters. Nobody goes to UCLA football games. How many times did we show pictures of the Rose Bowl this year where it was empty? Embarrassingly empty. Right, like you, it, yeah. there's just apathy because you have the beach, you have Hollywood, and you have you this have, little school called USC, dude, bro. It, in my mind, it, if you said to me who's got a bigger TV audience, I would tell you Washington, Oregon, the Pacific Northwest is more attractive to me than than Los Angeles for college sports. It is now. If you want to talk NBA, you want to talk the NFL. Okay, we can have an argument about that. Because the Rams were selling out the Coliseum when they were playing there. SoFi is one of the most beautiful football stadiums in the entire country, right? So we can sit here and we can have these conversations, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, yeah. the heart of this issue is who actually flips on the TV on Saturdays? <clears throat> and it's far more in the Pacific Northwest than it is in and Los Angeles. And if Amazon buys the pack, will people watch on their phone in that same respect? Well, I mean that to me that is that's an interesting like if you think about it nobody's if nobody's watching like if they're not if there's not a real hunger for you know 
you know, if there wasn't a real hunger for SC and UCLA, let's say, right? Like SC has good TV numbers, you know, but like if there wasn't a real hunger for the sport before, you know, before you lost the LA market, yeah, you really tell me that if you were to add, let's just say San Diego State, that all of a sudden Amazon would be printing money out of San Diego? Like, See, I struggle with that. I struggle with that too. You know, I, like, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Like, you when you have, and I'm not even joking. I'm not even being tongue in cheek. When you have places like La Jolla where you can go and sit at the beach and watch the sunset, you really tell me people are going to watch San Diego State and somebody. Rather than going and like seeing seeing that stuff, like that's not how California works. And if you've never been, you should go because it's beautiful. Like, it is. Like and and so that's why I say, you know, why do you think TV numbers in winter markets are so good? Because people don't like cold weather, so they sit inside, drink their hot chocolate, and watch dudes smash their faces together. Like that's what we do as people. Yeah. So. That's what I'm saying. Like, this isn't hard to understand. This like the only thing for me that's hard to understand is why, you know, Utah and Mark Harlan and and these these ADs are so damn committed to the pack. What has the pack done for you? What how has the pack helped you? How is George Cleopatra? I, I, I think some, I think know, part of the argument is are we a money making are we a money making institution or are we an academic institution? Because I really, the UC Board of Regents is the perfect example of this as we talk about UCLA uh, getting a uh, free ride from, from the UC Board of Regents essentially to go to the Big Ten. Uh, that is done now. But it, there's a lot of politicians on that UC Board of Regents who don't watch football and don't care about athletics. They're, they, you know, they're, they're trying to buy into, um, you know, they're trying to buy into this, this belief system that you have Hey, like it's going to, which I don't believe, but you have people on that board that believe it's, it's bad for mental health to travel as much as college athletes travel. That's not a UCLA to the big 10 issue friends. That is a, there's a lot more at, at play than that there, but I, I don't know. I, I listen, I think it, it'll be interesting to see exactly how all of this plays out. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see exactly how all of this goes, but the bottom line to me is that when I when I look at when I look at the TV numbers and I see that games like UCLA and Cal, you know, draw 3.7 million, um, you know, in week 13, uh, it, but you're getting 453,000 out of Stanford. Stanford's a perfect example, like. Nobody's watching Stanford football games. Why would they? Nobody is what like, and, and it's but it's something that I think people don't want to talk about. Yeah, and I think your point about like these guys not really caring about athletics is well taken because again, it, it kind of gives you a lot of insight and perspective into who's running these schools. If you think about it, like these are people who who really are not sports fans. They don't care. They're just they're just raking in the bread you know, and, and going about their life. And so for them, it's like, who, who cares? All right, great. Go to the big 10. Like, why do I give a damn? You know, like it's that kind of sentiment that kind of gets you in trouble long-term. And to me, you know, I, I, I hope that Mark Harlan's not one of those guys. I hope he's not, but somehow, some way I'm going to go ahead and say that he is because when you tweet something like that and you say, we're never leaving and, and we're here to stay. And this is our conference. Like it tells me you just don't get it. 
you don't understand and i and, and i can even get down with hey we're an academic school first you know where football is 18th you know like great i get that but when it comes down to your p l statement at the end of the fiscal year maybe football shouldn't be fifth maybe it should be first and maybe you should make better decisions like that's what i struggle with yeah i don't know man i i, I let's get your thoughts on and i i maybe we're completely crazy i don't know you guys tell me ny monty fan first one he says good morning fellas the road to nine thousand starts with one click let's go Click that Let's like go. button. We, we've, we've had a big week for subs. Yeah, it, it, is, it is pretty remarkable. Um, it's pretty remarkable how much growth we've seen just from you guys supporting us by hitting the like button. We're at 8,528 subs on this channel. Um, and I can tell you the last two days have been two of the biggest viewership days um, on our channel. And we, we super appreciate that. Um, I mean, we are, we are looking at a, uh, a number and again, we're trying to get to, um, we're trying to get to 9,000 subs by the, by the end of this month. Yeah. So basically like two weeks to go, we've got about 500, a little bit less than 500 to go here. 470, four, 472, I think it is right. If you take 8528, 8528, yeah, 472. Okay. And, and we got... have 16 days left in yeah. the month. That's 29. So, so we're we, now under 30. We're a day. now under 30 a day. We're chopping it down. Sorry, so, I'm being distracted by basketball texts, but no, um, it's fine. Like, but, but the point is, is when you guys hit the like button, we're not just asking just for the sake of having a bunch of likes on the video. Like when you hit the like button, it puts, it puts our channel into the YouTube algorithm more, more people see us more people subscribe. When people find our show, they watch our show and they stay. So for us, all we need you to do is hit the like button and now we're now we're on the track to 9,000. So it wasn't it wasn't too long a time ago like last week where we needed like 35 a day. So we've been making big time progress because you guys have been doing that. So we really appreciate that. Yeah, and I, I think um, again, if we get to 9,000 by the end of the month, we're gonna take you plus one to a jazz game. Um, Lower bowl seats, because you know, if yeah, you know yeah. me at all, I don't sit upstairs ever. I've uh, been a rich man, and I have been a poor man. And I'll take rich every time. Anyway, uh, the point is, the Wolf of Wall Street's undefeated. <laughs> uh, the point is, uh, we'll take you plus one to a jazz game. We'll pull one subscriber. We'll take you plus one in a black card to a jazz game. We'll buy you a custom jersey. Again, I would tell you, select a sweatshirt. We because as we're going to talk about in a few minutes, the Jazz are going to make trades. Um, and we'll watch Donnie and the Cavs. Anybody, Donnie! Anybody see Donnie and the Cavs hey, last night? Hey, didn't you say that Donnie would uh, be putting up 30 a night this year? Didn't you? I, I, and I mean, he is I, at 29.8 points. Yeah. 29.8 points, Donovan Mitchell. Last night, he had, I think he finished with 34. He had Donnie, 27 please. in the first half last night. Donovan Mitchell balling out. He'll be here. You'll watch him. So uh, make sure you give us a like and a subscribe. Uh, ben Sainsbury, good morning from China. Love the show. Thank you for keeping us sane. Wow. That's Look sick. at us getting to China. Appreciate you, uh, Ben. Thanks. Welcome to the show. Uh, Maury says, so true. MY Monty fan. Morning, boys. Working earlier today, so be catching the show later. Appreciate you, Maury. Appreciate Have a good you. day. Lord Radon, always good, said, so when do we get to see the press conference of the Pac-12 commissioner crying? <laughs> you know, it's love, funny. Dude, I'd love to see him walk out on stage with an envelope and a pencil. 
and do some do some calculations. That would be on the hilarious. back of an envelope. Yeah, that'd be hilarious, dude. Yeah, I I'm with you on that. Um, it, it's just interesting to me that when you look at some of the numbers, like looking at TV numbers on the side here as we were talking about it, the most viewed TV games essentially of the West Coast, USC and Notre Dame, six point six eight. Now, okay. Let, let's just, we'll write that one game off because it's USC and Notre Dame. Like, that's every year, specialty game. That's every day. Okay, cool. So, okay, what about, what, what else What else is there? You have Oregon and Georgia on ABC at 6.2 million. Okay, that was the game that Oregon got absolutely boat raced. They we, did. We they that. got crushed, that, that right? That was an ass-kicking out of the SC and Georgia, you know, flexed on them. And, and all of a sudden, you know, everyone said, oh, well, you know, the Pac-12 season is over and... Life is terrible. Yeah, you know, we remember I mean, that game. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you look at you look at some of these other games here, right? And and you quickly start to realize that look at who's involved in these games. You look at Oregon and Georgia, huge programs, right? You look at Utah, USC, Pac-12 championship game. So again, just short of six million on the first three games. We've got SC twice and Oregon once. Yes. Okay. Yes. The fourth game, USC and UCLA. Wow, see, a, a trend is emerging here. Washington State, and this is why I said about Pullman, right? Washington State. Uh, the fourth largest viewership on Fox, Washington State, Wisco, 3.9. UW, Oregon, 3.6. Oregon, Oregon, Oregon State, 3.5. UCLA, Oregon. Oregon. Again, you look at that, you, uh, Oregon, Oregon State, right? UCLA, Oregon, UCLA, Cal. Okay, there's UCLA, yeah. Cal on its own. And that's UCLA flexing. 3.27 right? million. Because Cal is garbage. So yeah. that's, that's primarily UCLA. U USC, Stanford, 2.96. And we just said nobody watches Stanford football. Right. Look at the games where USC is in here. USC littered, Oregon littered. Like these big programs, you guys, that... That's who's turning out viewers to the TV. And that's what this I'm saying. Like UCLA leaving is just the tipping point. Like or the or the loss of Oregon in the Pac-10 will be the end of them because that's going to happen. You don't do what they did on that graphic for viewership and stay in a conference at 20 to 30 million a year. You no. don't you don't do that. I don't know, man. I just I look at some of these numbers and it's baffling to me. It's baffling to me that you you see all of these programs in common don't we have in 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 the in the program here don't we have a screenshot from the other day that says like Oregon has like 70 million views for the season or yeah something? something like that it's like some ridiculous number and, and and that's why I say like Oregon gets views SC gets views like come right on. there this is as you head into the bowl games here's a look at the top 10 college football programs with the most TV views and here's the issue we just read you all of those huge numbers. Look at Ohio State. It's 70 million views. Mm -hmm. Look at Michigan. It's 70 million views. Mm -hmm. You wonder why those two are in the college football playoff? Look at Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, Notre Dame, Penn State, TCU, Texas, Clemson. Yeah. Like those are all huge programs. Program. Yeah. And then you look at these numbers and you're like, yeah, okay, maybe those aren't so great. You know, like it's just... It's mind-numbing to me that when you read things like Brett Yormark talking about a pro, you know, like you look, this is what he's talking about, about expansion. Brett Yormark, commissioner of the Pac-12, or uh, Big 12, excuse me. That fourth time zone 
He's talking about the West Coast, a program that has national recognition, one that competes at the highest level at basketball and football, stands for the right things is a good cultural fit because our realignment right now, our alignment right now and like-mindedness of all of our member institutions is fantastic, right? Like he just gets it. And you can't tell me even there, he's saying football and basketball. You can't tell me if Gonzaga said, yeah, where do I sign? That Brett Yormark's not sending a contract over. Yep. Right. I mean, it makes Gonzaga. these moves generally at the end of the day, and I know we all get a lot of heartburn. At the end of the day, generally what makes sense is generally what happens. Is the juice worth the squeeze? And it is. And when you look at Oregon and Washington and you look at the, the thing that makes the most sense to me, the Arizona schools, Utah and, and Colorado to the Big 12. That makes sense. Yep. And I'm telling you, if you are the Pac-10. Pac you mean the Pac-5? If you're the Pac-3, you're dead in the water right now. With all due respect. You're dead. It, it, I would be stunned if they got $30 million per school per year out of a TV deal. Yeah. I, I would be stunned by it. All right, let's get more of your um, comments in here. You guys have been amazing. Thank you so much for all the comments. Uh, Mark Hales, good morning to you, sir, says, so the Pac-10 is so bad, UCLA is willing to pay $10 million a year to leave. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. That's correct. That's correct. Keaton Critchlow, what's up, my guy? Zasty's Retro and Game says, hey, guys, hey, guys, time for the Pac-12 hey to implode. Hey, guys. Hit the panic button. Hey, guys. Uh, Sean Mirzinski, what's up? Do you see other teams leaving the Pac-12? I do. Yeah. I do. I Because if the biggest issue here is, again, and not to get two X's and O's, how do TV deals get done? The conference is going to go to the distribution partner, Amazon ESPN. They're going to make a deal. Then the conference is going to go to the individual institutions and say, sign the grant of rights. Because the deal is between the conference and the TV distributor. Yeah. The, the individual members, you know, the schools in the conference, sign a grant of rights to the conference to go and then give to the distributor. Which I have to say, just on, on a surface level, is dumb, in my opinion. That setup has always been boggling to me. Why would you not just have a place where schools are just handling their own you know what I mean? Like yeah. handling their own distribution. I don't know that that'll ever happen because you're you're more valuable. Your bottom end gets more value as a group. Like it, think about the Big Ten. Does Northwestern, Illinois, Indiana, Purdue, Rutgers, Maryland? No. Do any of them have value to a TV partner? No. Nope. They don't. But as a group with Ohio State, Michigan, Wisco, like the big brands, USC, UCLA, in the in the Big Ten. As a collective, they bring the bottom up. That's why you have major conference deals like that. Uh, Lord Radon says, not believing, uh, Radon, uh, not believing they will be getting close to 70, 75 million. They will be getting at least that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because there is, in the Big 12, you don't have third tier rights anymore, yeah. right? In the Big 10, you have the Big 10 network. And you have all kinds of different distribution deals. You have branding. You have, I, I mean, partnerships like, your total bottom line goes way up when you join the Big Ten like UCLA did because it's not just the TV money. You're able to make more money in partnerships and yeah. sellable features, and that's where your money comes in. Travis Bird, Big Daddy Magic, what's up with you? Jesse Harsh, 
Tim uh, Bruckmiller, good to see you. Mirosinski says, I honestly don't know how long the Pac-12 can last. I mean, sure, having Dion will help, um, but they're losing two of the more money-generating schools on the conference. That's true. That's absolutely true. And the, and by the way, there are advertisers that just buy the Pac-12 because of Los Angeles. There are, like the agency game, there are, there are things called advertising agencies we're like, hey, we need to hit viewers in Los Angeles with our widget commercial. Go buy Pac-12 football. That happens. I'm going to do that. That money's gone now. That money's going to the Big Ten now. Yeah, It's over. You know. Uh, Zesty says, Oregon and Washington waving goodbye. We'll see. Luis Capazzo says, we're seeing the slow, painful death of the Pac. We really That's are. That's correct. Brent Terry disagrees. He says the Pac-12 will be fine. They'll have the pride and arrogance to rely on. <laughs> Absolutely. My guy. Absolutely. Well done. No doubt about that. Uh, Tim Bruckmiller says, since the Big Tw- since this is Big 12 country, uh, he says this is also Big 12 con- country correct. The show is also big. Nah, I don't know about that. What do we, I mean, we talk a lot of Big 12 because of BYU. We talk about what's relevant. So yeah, so, I'm a huge fan of, of the Pac-12 from a sports perspective. Like I am a passionate fan of Pac-12 football. Yeah, I hate the conference. I hate the leadership. Yeah, um, but I would say that if I think it's pretty split. I think we're we try to be down the middle. We try to be down the middle. Uh, I heard an AD Mark Rhodes at Baylor say the estimate release date for the 2023 Big 12 football schedule is December 15th. That's today. It, it was supposed to happen Monday. Then it was supposed to happen today yeah, or tomorrow. Yeah. Red like tape, blue it, tape, yellow tape. It is a big freaking deal yeah. to get this schedule released. I think it is gonna, it's going to be a big story. It's going to be a big story. Neville 93 says, kind of late. Good morning, guys. Uh, let's get it popping. Amen to that. Um, who else we got in here? San Diego State. Good morning to you. He says, Oh, good morning, folks. Good morning. Good morning. Cam Harrison says, Pac-12, uh, Pac-10 stickers, LOL. Yeah. Welcome to Pac-10 country. This is Pac-10 country. Remember the billboard? The conference so of everybody leaves. So funny. Uh, Mark Hale says, no offense, Utah fans, but if the Utes are the marquee team in the conference, that conference is in trouble on a national Agreed. stage. 100% agree. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Tim says, uh, Cal and Stanford aren't interested in offering big NIL to players. Uh, and Colorado, Washington State, and Beavertown can't afford NIL. It's not true. I think that I think that can't afford or won't. Yeah, afford. I think they definitely have the money. They're just not. They're they don't want to do that. That's the difference. They don't want to. They don't embrace it. Another issue with the pack could be an issue at Utah. Yeah. Oh, it's no. It is an issue at Utah. I don't think that Kyle Whittingham wants to do it. He's more interested in blaming you know not having resources. David Glover says, I know UCLA beat us this year, but just keeping them alone wasn't going to save the pack. Totally agree. We needed USC to stay in to save it. Utah needs and needed to leave for the Big 12 ASAP if they uh, if they even want us. They yeah, do. But go a step deeper. I mean, I, I think that, that, you know, keeping these teams, give them a reason to stay. Like, yeah, what are you hanging on like, to? What are you hanging on to? What, what, what is the point of, of like, again... For major brands, like there's 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 this awakening happening where major brands are starting to understand, 
hey, we have power because people watch our games. So if we have the power to say to Kevin Warren in the Big Ten, hey, we want to be in the Big Ten because we're USC and we have Caleb Williams, the Heisman winner, who likely would have played for a national championship if X, Y, and Z hadn't gotten hurt. Like, you know, we have all these great things happening. You need the LA market. Let's put this together. And by the way, yeah, we're SC and we want to rake in some $70 million a year cash flow. Like, yep. that's what we want. So, again, that's why I've always had trouble with George Klyovkov because he's not really giving these schools a reason to stay. <laughs> Look at David Glover, dude. Klyovkov, a doodle do. Yeah, dude. Uh, we'll say, let's add Bishop Gorman in modern day and we'll be fine as he writes it down on a McDonald's napkin. Come on, man. But isn't that true, though, David? Like, Come on. How dumb are you to be like, wow, I did some back-of-the-envelope calculations. And all of it was a complete joke. Yeah, like it meant nothing. I, I don't know it to be. I don't know it to be fact. But my opinion is, is that George Klyovkov lied, and he's a liar, and I think he's a spinster. And I will again say he has been no better for this conference than Larry Scott was. Shame. Truth. He's been no better for this conference than Larry Scott was. I, I just don't. I don't see it. That's just my opinion. That's just me, though. Kanai Johnson, what's up, KJ? Top of the morning, fellas, Top he says. Top of the morning. Uh, appreciate you being here. Uh, San Diego State says, more iPads will be sold if Amazon does a deal with the pack. That could be true. Well. I got I'm a huge iPad Pro fan. Are I, you? I am. I am. If I didn't have, like, 37 MacBook Pros, I'd be an iPad Pro oh, fan. Although... Noon. Although Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Monty Darkwing Duck has a uh, Microsoft Slate. Yeah. And I actually really like it. She's kind of converted me over to that what unit. You, what are you talking about? What, what, are, you, what are you doing? It's really Dude. functional. You know what I like about it? It's a keyboard and a touchscreen, and, and it moves. I like that. The one complaint I have about iPads is that stupid keyboard sucks. It's not a real keyboard. You know, Kanai says, uh, hell yeah, the Monty show uh, is blowing it up. Let's go. Appreciate yeah, that what, very what, much. What's our like count right now? Where are we at? Is All right. The, our we... like count is at 55. 55. Let's go. 55. Well just, done. Yeah, we're, we're just over 500 views. Got 172 people watching the show right now. So if 172 of you who have not yet, anybody who has not yet hit the like button, please bang that like button. Help us get... Uh, to 200 on the show Again, today. The only reason we're asking you to do that is because if we get to 9,000 subs by the end of the year, we'll, we will make the revenue to give away jazz tickets. Yeah, so let's rock and roll. Uh, by the way, all of our college football talk on this show is presented by our friends at Barbecue Pit Stop. BBQPitStop.com. Make sure you check out any of their five Utah locations. Uh, and Logan, Layton, Lehigh, St. George, and our good friends in Salt Lake City slash Murray right there on State Street. Um, across the, did you see the new building at what they're building at the mall? What did we know what it is? It's a via three one three that took up an entire parking lot. You fucking donkey. <laughs> you on, took up an, that mall Dude. in the mall in Dude. Murray. What is it? Fashion place. God, the yes. mall in Murray, the parking lot's a State disaster Street in the two fifteen. It's a disaster. So let's take more of the parking lot away for a pizza. God. Trip. Anyway, uh, our good friends at uh, Barbecue Pit Stop present all of our, our college football talk. And again, it's gift-giving season, guys. You can shop online at Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com. We did it again yesterday. Now, we this have worked was incredible. hard. This was incredible. We have worked hard on this show, and, and I think you guys know that we espouse about the greatness of Asado seasoning. Flavor Knuckles, Asado right? seasoning. Flavor Knuckles, Asado seasoning. Right. 
We right. tell you about it all the time, yeah. right? Yeah. You see it right there. Yesterday, we made ground chicken whole wheat pasta. And it was amazing. God bless. Amazing. Because we, we pan fried the ground chicken and we uh, seasoned it with Flavor Knuckles Asado seasoning. Absolutely phenomenal. That you get at barbecuepitstopbbqpitstop.com. Order it online. Put it in everybody's stocking. If yes. you order 10 Asado seasonings online right now, put them in everybody's stocking. You know already that when you go to Barbecue Pit Stop, it's the best equipment. There's yeah. no doubt about that. Yeah. Traeger, Big Green Egg, Yoder, any pizza oven, you name it. The people that you deal with at Barbecue Pit Stop, those are the amazing dudes. That's why you go there. Again, Logan has the best meat counter that I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, all of their stores now, Logan, Leighton, Lehigh, St. George, and or excuse me, St. Jeezy. St. Jeezy. And Murray all have meat counters now. Like It's remarkable. They can teach you how to butcher it. They can teach you how to season it. Yep. They'll show you how to use the Traeger pellet smoker. I'm a man. They'll tell you, well, hey, you're making a brisket for New Year's. All right, cool, man. You're going to watch the Rose Bowl with that brisket. Okay, cool. Here's what you do, X, Y, Z. Hey, use the pecan. You know, better yet, use the competition mix for Y'all the brisket. Me? I mean, you're getting, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And they're great gift givers too. At bbqpitstop.com, chat with them online right now. Make sure you tell them all of them that you heard about Barbecue Pit Stop on the Monty Show. Kurt Meyer says, morning all plowing snow. Oh, do you plow? That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Dude, the people who drive plows, thank you, because we drive to work every day at around 4.30, and there's just plows out on the road like every day this week, it seems like. I know that's not easy. Uh, Jordan Wheeler says, what's up, playa haters? What's up, man? <laughs> Good to see you. Uh, Roris, R-O-R-I-S. Suh, dude. Suh, dude. Uh, UCLA having to pay an alimony to Cal. That's exactly right. It's alimony. Uh, to Cal because Cal chose to neglect their football programs. Ridiculous. If Cal had their stuff together, their football program would be self-sufficient. Well, the problem is they did a massive renovation at Memorial Stadium on the campus at Berkeley. Yeah. And nobody goes to Here's games. the deal. It's not about Cal. Here's the can, deal. Can, can we be really clear on this? It's not about Cal. It's about the Board of Regents wanting their pound of flesh to allow you to go and do what you want to do. It's punishment because yeah. you didn't ask their permission. Yeah. And yeah. UCLA and USC, frankly, UCLA really because it's a public institution, yeah. didn't tell anybody what they were doing. They just went and signed an agreement to join the Big Ten. Remember where all this started, right? It was the it was uh, Carol Faust, right? Yes, right? the president at USC. Right. This all started because she lied and then went behind everyone's back and and went the, to the Big there Ten. There was a meeting. Yeah. What two years ago now? Yeah. That was an emergency meeting where all the the Pac-12 brain trusts they got together on a call and were talking about expanding the Pac-12. The president at USC said, no, nah, we're not doing that. I'm not interested. We're, we're fine where we are. This is a code 10 abort. That's where the expansion talk ended. She pretty much hung up the phone and then like she had the contract on her desk. No, nah, I'm not interested in expanding the Pac-12. Thanks. Click. All right. Where do I sign that? Right there. Okay. How about that? That's essentially what happened. <laughs> she killed expansion in the Pac-12, signed the deal with the Big Ten, and now the Big Ten is on death's doorstep. I really don't care if you think it's us. The Pac-10. Excuse me. The Pac-10 is on death's doorstep. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, 
You have, you know, like it was all Larry Scott's fault. Yeah, it was mostly, but not really. USC killed Pac-12, Pac now Pac-10 expansion. Yeah. Remarkable. Just remarkable. You know. Uh, Cody Strickland says, I forgot to hit the like button. Got it done. Thank you. Let's go. Uh, Arlington Bears says, I'm still in bed this morning and just bang the button. Let's go, dude. I, I'm Wait, I, I'm sorry. Chris you Carter mean the like, right when you say you bang the button, bang the button? Yeah, is that a euphemism or? I mean, it could be. It could be. Mick Stevens says, go frogs. What's up, Mick? Good to see you. Redwine 65, Washington, Oregon, Stanford, Notre Dame should join the big five-team uh, West pod that rotates with other three. Then the pack and the Big 12 should merge. I still maintain. And again, we told you, uh, football 50 in two minutes, by the way, we told you yeah. months ago that ESPN was trying to broker a merger with the Big 12 and the Pac-12. <laughs> Excellent strategy. Neither sir. one of them would get together because, frankly, if you're ESPN and Fox, that's what's best for you. Yeah. Never, never happen. Four 20-team conferences, two divisions each, four champs in the playoff. Yep. Totally agree. I, again, it makes perfect sense. But again, the problem is, is people's pride, right? Like, George Klyavkok is just a poster child for pride. There's he all really these people is. behind the scene that think that the Pac-12 is somehow some juggernaut of a conference. And on the football field, yeah, you may have had six teams in the AP Top 25, but on the PL statement, you had no teams on the top 25. Truth. So, truth. I mean, it, it is, yeah, I, it is the business model of the, the Pac 10 is smoke and mirrors. Yeah. That's the business model. Our business model is football at 50, 10 to the hour, every hour. On the Monty Show, we bring you the biggest stories in college and the national. Football League, presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza Thursday Night Football. Speaking of uh, Prime Video. Yeah. You got the 49ers in Go Hawks. Right. 6.15 Mountain Time Prime Video. Are you watching? Um, Probably not. You're not. Maybe a little bit here and there. But again, I, I I know I say it every time, and I'm happy to be a petty-ass guy about it. I don't like flipping back and forth. I want my okay, NBA. Okay, this was a huge comment section thing yesterday. I want my NBA. So everybody in the comment section, I guess misunderstood what we were saying. They're like, well, hey, man, everybody eats wings and flips channels for games. What's the problem? Because when you're watching Prime Video, it's not flipping a channel. You have to turn the TV to a different mode. Right. So here's, but let's get into the nitty gritty of, of channel changing technique, right? So you're like five wings deep. Wait, do deep. I need to, yeah. I need to yeah. single yeah. you up for this? You're we like need to five single you up for this. Deep. You've got your half bowl of ranch right here and your celery sticks sitting right here. And your hands are just covered in asado seasoning and ranch, right? The problem is, is that to flip over to Amazon, or if you're on Amazon to flip back over to DirecTV, you got to wipe your hands off. You got to then wipe your face off because no one likes having a sticky face, right? And the problem is, is it's incredibly inconvenient. I don't want to do that. I want to use the pinky technique, right? The pinky knuckle. I'm going to go over to the remote. I'm going to hit previous. And I'm going to flip back over to the game that I want to watch. It's that simple. I don't want to have to get into apps and get into, you know, these different sections of what my smart TV can do. And like, I don't want, even if you have YouTube TV, I'll make this point. YouTube TV is phenomenal. Big fan. 
The problem is, is that it doesn't work the same way DirecTV does. So while you do have a previous button, it's not as easy as that. You have to go into a different menu and then you got to do X, Y, and Z. And so it's like, dude, it's not that changing channels is an issue. Changing platforms regularly to get your content is an issue. So that's what I'm saying. It's not just about changing channels. It's that I don't want to have to clean myself up every two seconds to get from this sport to that sport. Yeah, if it... If we have to explain to you how your smart TV works and how Amazon's not just hitting previous channel, come on now. Come on. I am interested in this game. It's the 49ers. They're minus 343 is the number. If I'm a betting man, and I'm not telling you to be a betting man, I would be on the 49ers all day long. I I think, you know who I think this is a big game for? I think there's a big game for Geno Smith. Like, he, he in my excuse opinion... Excuse me, it's GS7. Or excuse me, TB12, the new GS7. Right. I think you have to... If you're Geno, I think you got to bounce back here. I think you got to have a solid performance. I think this is a big night for Geno Smith. Uh, we'll be. I'll be interested to see what Purdy looks like tonight. How's that defense look tonight? Um, Seattle's never an easy place to play, but I would tell you take the uh, take the uh, 49ers to cover, and I think this game goes under because defensively, the, I, I just don't think that you're going to score much on the 49ers, and the Seahawks have had trouble stopping the run the last couple of weeks, so I would be all over. Uh, I'd be all over the Niners in, on this one. Um, Josh Levern says GS7 is a brand now. No, no it's, it's not. not. No, it's not. He can't be a brand. No, if it's he haven't not. Won anything? Come on, guy. No, it's not. Uh, NY Monty fan says, "Golly, she's purdy." See what he did there? Somebody so it's so it's Brock Purdy, but he said, "Hey, golly, she's purdy." So it's the name and the know. name. Uh, Marsing Outdoors says, "Get two TVs next to each other." So. Well, see, right, right. There you go. My guy. I love it. Uh, let's see. For fantasy, Jordan Wheeler says, for fantasy, do I start Kenneth Walker III, Aaron Jones, or Christian Kirk? Um, I'd be on that Christian Kirk live, but, you know. I'm probably Aaron Jones. I don't, the NFL schedule this week, you guys, I don't know. If you bet the NFL, good luck. Good luck. Um, if I'm Aaron Jones and you've got the Packers hosting the Rams, Dude. I'm probably going Aaron Jones. Why? I'm probably going Aaron. Why Christian Kirk? I mean, I I don't know. I'm, I'm probably Aaron to, Jones. I'm not trying to run on that Rams defensive line, bro. But they haven't been great. Yeah. And I think for the Packers to win, I if for the Packers to win, I think you have to you have to yeah. run the football. Who's Jacksonville got this week? Jags have the Cowboys. Ooh, hell no. I'm t yeah, yeah, bro, I'm telling you, and I hate talking fantasy football, but I'm telling you to start Aaron Jones. That's where I'd be going. Giggity says Aaron Jones. Josh Levern says K-9 isn't a guy I would start. Okay. Sorry, who's K-9? Uh, he hasn't had a good game since Germany. I mean, are you talking about, are you talking about Kenneth Walker? Um, I think when you look at... Aaron Jones versus Kenneth Walker, I don't know as much of a Yeah. If, if I mean, and I don't want to run on the I don't want to run on the 49ers. Do you want to run on the 49ers? No. no. Hell no. Nope. I mean, and if, if I look at and he's back this week, but if I look at his numbers, if I look at his game log, and I understand he's been when he's played, he's been good, but 
Dude, I, I I mean, when is when's the last time he had a productive game? It was Arizona, twenty six for one hundred nine. Yeah, I mean twenty three for one sixty seven against the Chargers, but he hasn't had a good game back to like early November. I, I mean, you're Aaron Jones all day here. You are Aaron Jones all day here. I don't I don't even know that this is a conversation. Uh, a conversation is though. My R and we, the beloved, the mighty. The awesome, the best of, the best is the Chicago Bears. The Bears. Hosting Ditka. the flipping mother effing, uh, you know, Philadelphia the, the, Eagles. Uh, the Jalen Hurts is. Dude, the MVP of the NFL and the Philadelphia Eagles is, is a nine point favorite. 48 nine, and a half. Dude. Well, nine come in on, the league though. is a big number, bro. That, I'm telling you, that Eagles defense is vastly underrated. Oh, the Eagles are going to win the game. That's not in question. It's a matter of how much they're going to win by. Lions at Jets is a really intriguing game. Did yeah. you guys see that Zachy Poo is back as the number two quarterback? I love that that everyone's like, oh my God, Zach Wilson climbed up the depth chart and now he's the backup instead of the 10th stringer. What an incredible story. But I don't know. Does it say more about the Lions or the Jets that this isn't even? This is a pick em. It's zero. That probably says more about the Lions being good on the yeah, road. Well, I think what it says, too, is that the Lions are hot right now. You know, they've they've won some games here. They're trucking along. Like, I think, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, coming up in five minutes, we'll talk Utah Jazz on the Monty Show. Uh, finishing up football, 50% by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. There's a couple other games I want to hit real quick. I think this Steelers-Panthers game, this is one of the most difficult games to pick. Yeah. Carolina's minus three, 37 and a half. I'm taking the I'm taking the Steelers all day long in that game. Yeah, I mean, I think that this whole Sam Darnold, you know, resurgence, if you will, has been interesting. He's been playing well, but I I don't know. That's that's a tough game to pick, dude. I, yeah, you're probably going Panthers, but that's a tough game to pick. Well, I mean, obviously, you look at at you look at the way that this team has matriculated, matriculated uh, through the quarterback position. I mean, with Baker starting, I don't know how Seattle lost to Carolina, especially at home. But Darnold was one twenty in a touchdown. GS seven was twenty one of thirty six, two sixty four, three TDs and two interceptions. Two interceptions, man. Come on. I don't know how you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't love that. I. I to me, I'm taking. Yeah, I'm not taking the Panther. I'm taking the Steelers in that game. Yeah. And the other game of note, obviously, is Giants and Commanders. Commanders. The Washington Commanders. One of the best games of the week. Uh, Commanders are winning that game. Washington's winning that game. So I, you're I, not a Daniel Jones guy. I no, but I think whoever wins this game is going to the playoffs, and I think the Commanders at home. And I actually think, I, I, honestly, I know it's crazy, and I think they just extended Saquon. Yeah. But I, I think when you look at the way these games have played out, and you, you look at that tie, which is a complete joke, that just so pisses me off. Yeah. Um, I You look at that tie, I, I'm, I'm going with the, the commanders. I feel, and I feel really good about that, which means the Giants will win. But I feel, re- I feel really good about the commanders in that game. Yeah. For me, anyway. Uh, Josh Leverett says, Walker's nickname since college, I guess. Yeah, don't care. Uh, Jeff Johnson says, morning, fellas. Uh, Leverett says, Zachy Poo back for, from Milf Manor on TLC. Exactly. I believe you're exactly right. Sorry, I thought you said Milf Manor. Yeah. I mean, it's Zach Wilson. He's banging his mom's friends. Wow. What do you want? 
And I'm sure that he does that while he orders Papa Murphy Papa Murphy's pizza. I couldn't even say yeah, that. Yeah, there's with a, a lot of smoking face. going on. Hey, smoking gun! Uh, make sure you use the promo code Monty25 to get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Papa Murphy's presents How to Change the Way You Pizza. Step one: Carefully knead dough. Step two: Artfully spread sauce. Step three, add fresh mozzarella and assemble toppings. Step four, realize we already did all that for you. So all you have to do is bake it. For a limited time only, get the Hog Heaven Pizza with Canadian bacon, ground sausage, and crispy bacon. Papa Murphy's, change the way you pizza. Yep, use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. And again, it's Thursday night. You guys ordering pizza for uh, Thursday night football? Please put barbecue sauce on it. Yep. Please do that. Do it. Um, and send us a picture of your pizza on Twitter or Instagram, The Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. We always love uh, exchanging pizza ideas. Yes, yes, yes. Um, are we... we are, we're haircutting tonight. Oh, that's right. Damn, I keep forgetting about that. By the way, 645, we're going to see our guy, Jay Toffa. And Faye tomorrow on the at, show. At, what's the name of that barbershop? Don't remember. Mark's? Mike's? I something. don't go to the barbershop. I go to see Jay. Yeah, I go to my guy, Jay Taffa. Um, best barber in the business. I'm telling you, you guys want a referral, hit me up. I'll send you over to him. Uh, but he is he is that dude. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, the Monty Show is presented by our good friends at The Advocates, utahadvocates.com. Uh, the best injury attorneys in the business, by the way, for all our listeners in Phoenix. Yes, The Advocates are available to you now. They just opened their Arizona office uh, find them online at theadvocates.com. And the best part is there's a little chat feature on their website. I love that you can chat with people on websites now. I think it's really important. You can go to theadvocates.com and there's a button in the middle that says chat with an attorney now. You click that button, you're talking to a lawyer. Hey guys. It's amazing. And by the way, it costs you nothing uh, because you never have a consultation fee. You never pay a retainer. You don't pay the advocates until they win your case. Find them online at theadvocates.com. Let's talk Utah Jazz basketball. On the Monty Show, it is the Utah Jazz. It is the New Orleans Pelicans back-to-back tonight. Uh, Pels are favored by a point and a half, but look at that number, 231 and a half. Yeah. Um, So essentially, they're thinking this is a 115-116 game. Um, I love the Jazz in this game. But the bigger question is, how much do you value Jared Vanderbilt? And let's talk about this a little bit because I think it's significant around the NBA. Um, I think Jared Vanderbilt is a guy that a lot of teams want. And I think the Phoenix Suns would really like to have Jared Vanderbilt. And I think one of the things that we've seen, Jake, is that as we've gotten closer and closer to this December 15th uh, marker, if you will, right? Um, we are starting to see that there is a lot more interest and Jared Vanderbilt. And I was talking to an NBA source last night, and we were we were pushing around ideas on what is going on with the Jazz and this uh, John Collins trade that we've been telling you about for a couple of weeks now. And I do think the Jazz are in on John Collins. I absolutely am buying on John Collins. Uh, the question is, where are the Jazz willing to give up, and and who is that third team? Well, if you are the if you are the Atlanta Hawks and the Utah Jazz, I think you pretty much need the Phoenix Suns to get involved because you know they want Jared Vanderbilt. This is a trade that was presented to me last night by a source very close 
um, to the situation, the Jazz essentially would end up with John Collins and Dario Saric and a draft pick. They would ship out Mike Conley and Jared Vanderbilt, and the Atlanta Hawks would end up with Jay Crowder and Landry Shamet, John Collins and Dario Saric to the Jazz, Mike Conley and Jared Vanderbilt uh, to the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Now, I think the Suns are in a win-right-now window. I think this makes a lot of sense for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, this trade makes a lot of sense for all three of these teams, if I'm being honest. I think, firstly, for the Suns, they need a guy like Vando, who's a work-hard guy on defense, who can kind of bring them that X factor on defense without having to to rely on him for a bunch of offense. You know, I think those guys are important on a championship club. You know, I also look at Conley. Conley's really interesting to me. You know, uh, a lot of people, as far as this trade are concerned, believe that if this were to go through, that Conley would come off the bench uh, to spell Chris Paul uh, because people feel like campaign has been a bit of a disappointment for the Phoenix Suns, which I don't, you know, I don't disagree with that this year. I think, though, that he was a huge contributor for them last year. Uh, I also think that, you know, if you look at this situation for the Hawks, um, what's really interesting to me is that the Hawks do need some toughness, you know, and I think Jay Crowder is somebody who who obviously has proven himself. So from that standpoint, I think it checks a lot of boxes. Landry Schmidt, it, it, take it or leave it. I mean, he's just a guy that's going to be on your bench. He could probably give you 10 points a night. Great. You know, like not, not going to make or break your season, but, you know, uh, a, a guy who can knock it down from the corner a little bit. But for the Jazz... What really excites me about this deal, uh, John Collins fits really well into this system. Somebody who gets up and down the floor, you know, somebody who who has a really nice offensive game at his position. Defense is going to be the question, as it is with a yes. lot of guys. So to me, this trade does make uh, a ton of sense for all three of these clubs. And the only question is, are the Suns willing to to get involved in this? Because obviously they're going to need to be if this is going to go down. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt they want to get involved because they need to move Jay Crowder. And I think that's the one thing that we've heard a lot about is that the Suns need to move on from Jay Crowder. I think the Suns realize they're in a championship window, but not as this roster is constituted right now. And I think they know that they need better play from the point guard position. And I think if you're bringing... Um, you know, if you're bringing campaign off the bench instead of Mike Conley, you're not doing so well. If you're starting Chris Paul and bringing Mike Conley on as a 30 minute guy per night, I think you're in really good shape. If you're Phoenix, if you can have a situation where Devin Booker, Mike Conley and Chris Paul are all on the floor together, that makes Devin Booker a far more effective tool. And I think there's absolutely room for that. And I think Jared Vanderbilt brings them that, that ability to defend because right now, Jared's an odd fit here in Utah because he is a, a defensive-only guy, really. He's not somebody you can count on for threes. And let's be honest, the Suns don't need another three-point shooter. What they need up front is a, is a more physical guy who can rebound and defend, and that's Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah. And I think he plugs right into that instead of having a guy in Jay Crowder right now that you're paying not to play basketball. You've got to figure that out. And I think Landry Shamet has just not worked out in Phoenix. And I think he would be a nice role player for Atlanta off their bench. And if Atlanta ends up with Jay Crowder and Landry Shamet, and the Jazz end up with a, a front-line power forward like John Collins and a bench contributor like Adario Sarge, and they end up with a draft pick, this trade makes sense across the board, Jake. I don't see why you wouldn't do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's it's really interesting from a financial perspective as well. You're getting, 
you know, Mike Conley's money, you've spent, you know, you've paid most of Mike's contract out, obviously. So I think from a contractual standpoint for the Suns, it's a good deal as well. So I, I don't know. I think we've heard a lot of rumblings about the Jazz and Suns doing business uh, over Rudy Gobert last year before the Rudy thing happened. And I think that, you know, you've obviously, you've heard the rumblings about, you know, John Collins being moved to the Jazz. Again, in the Rudy stuff, we, we told you that that was a possibility. And then everything kind of just got put on ice after Danny Ainge went and pulled the trigger on the on the T-Wolves deal. So to me, it's not surprising. And remember that the, the, um, the window to start trading guys is just about here. So to me... Today. I, I, yeah, today, isn't it? Yeah, so to me, it's like... Yeah, hey, those restrictions, the... The restriction that expires today is, hey, you signed a player over the summer, you can trade him now. Yeah, so like now you're you're getting you're in the window in time where you can start moving guys, and this is where it's Danny Ainge time. Frankly, like with all due respect to the guys on the floor playing the Pelicans tonight and in the basketball activities, none of that matters on on this day moving forward because. It's time to start building this roster. It's time to start making moves That's right. that are going to put you in a position to start building for next season. Yep. So while, yeah, I am going to watch this game tonight and, and I am going to enjoy it and there are things that we're going to watch for and look for, the the greater picture and what you need to understand as a Jazz fan is there's more happening besides just this game. And, and I would not be surprised if a deal like this, a three-teamer that sends six, seven guys around, happens that just would not be surprising yeah and it, it was explained to me that the jazz and the the hawks were very close on a john collins deal over the summer and it just didn't come to fruition because the jazz didn't have a third team to make that work um but atlanta has sputtered quite a bit i think we're watching phoenix sputter quite a bit especially with book out of the lineup and i think it, 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 both of those clubs know if they have uh, you know postseason aspirations they have to make that deal but a jazz source last night was telling me that they, the Utah Jazz see John Collins as a guy that they can develop, that they can build on, because he's really struggled defensively, frankly. That's been his biggest issue. It's not three-point shooting, none of that. His, his offensive game, his rebounding game is fine. He has really struggled to keep guys in front of him, and they feel like, from what they see on tape, that the Jazz feel like that they can build on his defensive game that they can make him a better defensive player, bringing him into their system. And and I agree with that. I think what we've seen in Colin Sexton, and I think really what you've seen in NAW, what you've seen in THT, I mean, you're getting better performances out of these guys. You're getting a better performance, frankly, out of Jared Vanderbilt and all of these guys than you've seen in recent times. And I think when you look at where this Jazz team is, I mean, you're not going to trade uh, a Laurie Markkinen to, to really to anybody, I don't think. I think he may be one of those guys. And I was told last night that NAW really has kind of solidified his spot in the rotation on this Jazz team. It's no longer a fluke that he's playing well. I think I'd have a hard time seeing those two guys going. Yeah, I'd have a hard time seeing the Jazz before the trade deadline comes up February 9th not making transformative trades because they know that there is real appetite to move into this draft. And that if they acquire more picks and they acquire guys that they believe can be part of a championship roster, they're going to be in the best possible position, even more so than they are now. I think that's why this trade makes a lot of sense. And I think that's why you continue to see. And again, I, I don't mind tooting our own horn on this. We've had that John Collins deal since the summer. We've told you a month ago now that they were talking to Atlanta again about John Collins, and now you're seeing the rest of the media coming full circle on that. And I think what you're seeing is that 
There's going to be an early boost to trades here. I think in the last week of the month and in the first couple of weeks of January, I think you're going to see a lot of movement around the NBA. You look at the Chicago Bulls, who frankly last night gave another game away because they didn't execute at the end of regulation. They certainly never showed up in overtime. Right. I think that team knows that they have to make significant roster changes. And I think that team knows that they have pieces that are valued around the league. I don't see the Chicago Bulls trading DeMar DeRozan. I just don't see them doing that. And I know a lot of people are talking about that. But I absolutely see this team trading Patrick Williams. He's not a guy that you're hanging on to. And again, we talk about this all the time. Yeah. Watching the Knicks every minute of that Knicks game, I don't get it with Quentin Grimes. I don't. And I know that he's coming off of an injury, and I know he does some nice things. I don't get it. I understand why they wanted to keep Obi Toppin, and I see where they miss him. I don't get it with with Quentin Grimes. What do you mean you don't get it? I don't see what why you didn't make the dot. I mean... Quite literally, the Donovan Mitchell trade fell apart over their resistance to adding an extra pick and trading Quentin Grimes. Yeah, well, from that standpoint, I don't, I don't get, it, get it. Like, I think that I think that Grimes had himself a nice little night last night shooting a three, um, and I think he's got talent. But to not do a Donovan Mitchell deal over Grimes is just dumb. I mean, that's classic nicking. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. It really doesn't. <laughs> Please, uh, if you're watching the show right now, give us a thumbs up as we talk Utah Jazz basketball. Hit that like button. Jazz and Pelicans tonight. A couple other things before we get to your Jazz comments. I actually am a John Collins fan. I see the topside potential. Yeah. And the thing that we have not been able to say previously that we now clearly can say about this Jazz team is they're taking development of talent seriously. Seems that way. Yeah. I think you're seeing, whether it was Sexton before the injury, NAW right now, um, you're seeing guys grow and develop in this system. I think you're seeing Mike Conley Again, before the injury, I think you're seeing Mike Conley playing a, a kind of a, an evolved style of basketball. Um, you're seeing a ball movement system that is really benefiting guys like Malik Beasley. You're seeing that Malik Beasley is, is more now than just a stand in the corner and shoot threes guy. Yeah. Like you're seeing that Will Hardy and this jazz development staff are getting more out of guys. Which is important. I, I, I think yes. that getting the most out of your assets that you can while they're with you is huge. I mean, because again, it's a win-win. I mean, if you develop a guy and then you wind up getting more trade value, that's a win. If you develop him and you keep him on your roster and he turns into a, a six-man of the year or he turns into what NAW is producing right now, like it's a win. So to me, that was always a sore spot in the organization, like not developing guys, not you know, putting a bunch of effort into figuring out why Jared Butler was a complete dud. Now, again, maybe Jared Butler is not a great example, but you guys know the names over the yes. years and we don't need to yes. go through it again, but you get what I'm saying. Like there have been too many names that just have flopped for this organization. And it, and it's, we started kind of broaching that question over the summer. Like, Hey, you brought in David Fisdale to, to develop guys. And clearly that work, you're starting to see the fruits of that labor. And I love to see that. So that's why I say, even though John Collins maybe isn't, isn't uh, Atlanta's cup of tea, that doesn't mean that for the Jazz, he couldn't be uh, a really key contributor. So again, this trade, I like this proposed trade a lot. I feel like you're not going to have to sacrifice some massive financial position. Your 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 roster is going to be still very controllable. Like you're, it puts you in a good spot to keep operating, and that's what I think is most important. Yeah, and I think you look at John Collins' game. I mean, obviously, you'd like to see him be a double double guy. You know, if it if it's twelve points and ten rebounds, I'm thrilled with that. On this particular Jazz team, John Collins is never going to be your number one option that you count on and that you have to have scoring twenty and twenty 
to win games. That's just not the way this league is set up, especially for four or five guys. Yeah. But John Collins can give you 12 to 15 points. He can give you 10, 12, 15 rebounds. That's his job. Yeah. And you can grow him defensively. That's your job. I think John Collins coming to the Utah Jazz makes a lot of sense because he he is a guy, frankly, that when you look at his game log, he's somebody that I think if you can get him 30 minutes a night and you can really refine his defensive skills, particularly positioning and footwork, I don't see any reason that this guy can't give you 15 and 12 on a nightly basis. Well, and I think that the the really fascinating thing is he's, what is he, 6'8", 230, I think? So, like, he's he's obviously not six, a 7'9", 230, yeah. 6'9", 230. So he's not a 7-footer, but that doesn't have to be a negative. I think that that could be a beautiful contrast between him and Walker Kessler, and I think that... Walker Kessler is somebody who clearly needs development as well. So if you, if John Collins, in my, I would start John Collins. That's just me though. Yes. I would be starting him and, and I would, I would spell him, you know, eight minutes into the first quarter. Uh, and then that's when Will Hardy and that developmental staff need to go to work because again, the NAW model can work for jo- the John Collinses of the world or, or other players where, where, you know, NAW is making some mistakes gets chewed out, they go through the tape, they develop you, and then you have points of of emphasis. Like, hey, we know that you like to play fast and that's within your strength, but we can't turn the ball over. So we want to see less turnovers out of you tonight. Like, that's how you develop, guys. You say, hey, we really appreciate what you're doing, but you can't keep doing this one thing. And then all of a sudden, they start focusing on that. What do you know? He turns the ball over less. So to me, that's why I think they're seeing so many gains developmentally because they're just better in that area now than they were. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Uh, talking with Raphael Podcast. What's up, my guy? Which team will be best for Mike Conley? I thought the Lakers would be a good fit for him. I would agree the Lakers would be a good fit for him, but... If you're going to trade Mike, it's going to be to somebody that's got a chance to win a championship right now, and that's the Phoenix Suns, frankly. Um, I think Dallas would be a great fit for him. I think Mike Conley would be a really nice fit with the Knicks. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of places where he'd be a good fit, but how many of those teams are in position right now to win a title? Not many. And I think when you look at at Mike's game and his skill set right now, I think he fits perfectly in with Phoenix. Yeah, He's somebody that doesn't care to be or need to be the number one option, but can if you need it, right? He's a guy that still shoots the three at a very high level. He's a guy that still can get in the paint. But he's not a guy that can play 35, 40 minutes. He's a guy that can play 25 or 30 minutes a night. And I think we're seeing that here. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see where he winds up. But I, I agree. I think the Lakers would be a good fit. But if you're going to move Mike Conley, you have to tip your cap to him and put him on a place that can, can contend for a championship. Uh, Cody says, Monty, would you guys do an emergency casting if a trade happens later today? Like, you mean a, a, a show. show? Yeah, we would, but a trade won't happen today. Uh, Brent Terry says, the Jazz have a team to attract a star, but will have to trade for one. This just adds more ammo. Well, I mean, again, that's probably a, a different conversation for a different time. But, yeah, I think you're going to struggle to get the top free agents in the NBA to come here. Yeah. Um, especially after what happened with Donovan Mitchell. And he's been pretty vocal behind the scenes from what I'm told. Donovan Mitchell has told a lot of people that he did not enjoy the last – 18 months of his time with the Jazz and that Don feels disrespected by Danny Ainge and I don't disagree with that um they had a and I still don't have clarity on it Danny won't talk about it and Don hasn't really talked about it they had a falling out of some kind and I've heard that repeatedly Danny Ainge and Donovan Mitchell had a falling out 
Yeah. And I don't know when that was particularly. I, I, I am pretty certain that that was in the Dallas series. Um, you can point directly back to that Dallas series as the day this franchise died. Yeah. I mean, it is the moment that Boyan Bogdanovich missed that shot. I think this franchise died. Um, and when I say this franchise died, Donovan Mitchell was out the door the minute Boyan missed that shot. Yeah. And I think it was, we knew and we'd reported for 18 months that they were trading Rudy Gobert. That the minute Danny Ainge got in, they told Donovan Mitchell, hey, we're going to build this team around you. We are going to trade Rudy Gobert. Keep it real. And I think Don melted down in, in, internally. Don melted down during that Dallas series. And the, the narratives that you hear about Don in his time with the Jazz, especially the last season he was here last year, he didn't trust his teammates. Yeah, and, and I think his play reflected that. I think his play absolutely reflected that. Yeah. His 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 lack of of diming out to Rudy <laughs> Gobert was not surprising. And now you see what kind of passer he is for Cleveland. And you see what kind of defender he is for Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, he, it, to me, it 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 that's where this team died. And I think you look at Danny Ainge. Danny does it his way or no way, and I think he's done a great job with it. Yeah, I, I really do think he's done a great job with it. Uh, Brett Terry says, how would Collins and Markkinen fit into the same team? I think seamlessly. I think Laurie Markkinen is a guy that can be a 2-3-4. This team, though, let's be honest, this on this team, Laurie Markkinen's a three. They do not have a true power forward on this team. And it's a huge hole in this roster. Yep. And that's why this trade that an NBA source told me last night, this one right here, where you look at John Collins and Dario Saric, how many times have we heard that this team needs power forward depth? Yeah. You're getting a, a, a starting power forward in John Collins, and you're getting a depth power forward in Dario Saric, who's an expiring contract. And John Collins would by far be the best pick and roll big on this team. Yeah, I don't I don't have any doubt about that. I mean, the guy just gets it. Yeah, absolutely. And the, you, you've you got to, first of all, I think when you look at Laurie Markkinen, I think you have to get healthy here. Yeah. I think he's got to get back to 100%. You've got to get Colin back on the floor in 100% or as close as he's going to get. Because those two guys, I really like Colin Sexton's development here. And I'm excited to see Sexton, NAW, Laurie Markkinen on the floor together. Yeah, those three together would be a problem for teams to yeah. defend. I'm re- I, I, again, I asked the same question we asked on, on what? Tuesday night, have the Jazz found their future star in NAW? I think he's a huge part of this roster. I think he is a huge part of this roster. Yeah. Um, and I think TridayTrading.com should be a huge part of your life because they present uh, Utah Jazz basketball on the Monty Show. TridayTrading.com slash Monty always presents our NBA and Utah Jazz content. Uh, if you're a guy that's on the hamster wheel of side hustles and, you know, like last week I was talking to Reggie about um, – about Amazon FBA, we had said on the show that, hey, we do Amazon FBA. And one of the guys here at the Maverick Center was saying, hey, you know, do you guys do? We did, but it's too expensive and the fees are high. So you can't make money. And well, hey, I'm driving Uber or I'm, you know, driving DoorDash. <laughs> and what you're really doing is spending time away from your family, not earning the kind of money that you should be earning. Yeah. That's what the bottom line is. Spend more time with your family by going to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Make the money that you deserve to make. And the best part about Triday Trading is there are people who have gone through their, their day trading program at TridayTrading.com that are going to make $1,000 today. $1,000. It's what they do full time. There are guys who have gone through the Triday Trading program 
that are going to make hundreds of dollars today because it's their side hustle. The bottom line is, though, you go through the Tri-Day Trading Program, you're adding a new revenue stream to your life. You're adding more time with your kids. You're going to their games. You're going to their plays. You're going to the parent-teacher conference you seem to always miss. Get it done today. Tridaytrading.com. Don't wait for 2023. Tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Watch the free webinar. It's a free webinar. No obligation. Costs you nothing. Watch it and make a decision. And when you go through the program, just know that when you make your first trades, you don't do it with your money. You do it with Tridaytrading.com's money. And when you make money with their money, they give you 50% of the profit at Tridaytrading.com. Let's get back to your comments. Uh, SLC Stars, I think, NY Monty fan. By the way, don't forget, Raleigh Alkins is going to join us coming up in about an hour at 8.30. Raleigh will be here uh, to talk stars. We'll ask him about Arizona. Uh, all that good stuff. Raleigh Alkins joins the show coming up at 8.30. Uh, M.Y. Monty fan says, shout out to Mo Bamba. Uh-huh. Shout out to Mo Bamba. Uh-huh. Uh, M.Y. Monty fan says, where's Jared Butler these days? Overseas? I don't know. He's not with the Stars. Um, Agbaji's back with the Stars. Frank Jackson's actually kicking ass with the Stars. Yes, he is. Um, I don't know. Let me real quick look where Jared Butler is. Um, Grand Rapids Gold of the G League is where Jared Butler is. Um, and I want to ask Raleigh Alkins about life in the G League because it's not the easiest existence. Like you look at his Arizona teammate, Nico Mannion's playing in Italy right now. Like why are guys choosing the G League over Euro basketball? I, I think it's pretty clear it's one step away from the NBA. I think that's why guys are choosing the G League. We'll ask Raleigh Alkins coming up. In an hour at 8.30, uh, let's continue to get your comments as we talk Utah Jazz basketball. Uh, Jordan uh, Wheeler says, is Ainge trying to make a uh, marketing John Collins a Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown type duo? I don't think so. I don't think that's who and John Collins is. even if he was, is. those two guys are nowhere near what Tatum and Brown are. No, le- but let's be honest. This team right now, their biggest need is power forward. But you're going to have to transform your twos and threes on this team. Yeah. You you don't have that guy yet. You don't have the star that's going to lead you to a championship yet. And again, I'm happy to say it. I believe that they're going to contend for a championship in the next five years. And I think they'll get awfully close to winning one. Yeah. I could very easily see this team going to the NBA Finals in three years. Not this year, not next year, the year after. I could absolutely see that. So I don't think that that's what John Collins is. His upside does not project to that. So that's just me. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, John Collins and uh, Lori would work great together, I think. Yeah, I think they probably would too. Um, Let's see. Tanner says, this franchise started to die when the Jazz blew the 3-1 lead to Denver in the bubble in 2020. I don't think so. I actually think the loss to Denver brought this team closer together. And then the bickering and the selfishness and the me first before team first and the lack of trust person to person undid this team. Y'all I think me? the Denver series in the bubble absolutely brought this team together. I don't think it broke this team at all. Uh, Tyler P says teammates didn't trust each other either. Don wasn't perfect. No, he was not. Not by any stretch of the imagination. Mr. Johnny says, fun fact, John Collins was born in Utah. Yes, he's a latent product. John Collins is. Um, Utah Jazz says, keep Vando, draft a power forward. Well, but that's not your, uh, to me, that's not how you build a championship team. Yeah, it's a philosophical thing. Yeah, but that's just me. Um, Tyler P says, no, NAW isn't a star. He'll be a great role guy on the bench, though. 
I think that's probably that's probably I mean, more realistic. Depends. I mean, yeah, it's probably more realistic, but I think it depends how far he takes his development. I mean, I you know, like, yeah, it really depends. Yep. Uh, Ryan Buckley says, morning, my guys. What's up? Or morning, my bros. What's up, Buckley? Good to see you. Um, Mr. Johnny says, what clicked for NAW? It seems like he went from rarely getting off the bench to massive contributor in little over a week. Um, I don't think it was over a week. I think that what changed was opportunity and what changed was his willingness to be coached. I think he trusts Will Hardy. I think this team trusts Will Hardy. I think when you look at Will and you look at his terse exchanges with guys, those don't go sideways. That Colin Sexton incident on the bench didn't go sideways. In the Chicago game, when he yelled at NAW, called a timeout and yelled at NAW, I mean, we're, we were there, we heard him say, not good enough, not effing good enough. Just like that, back to back. And he put NAW right back in the game who hit a three in the corner and had a great defensive sequence. And that's what guys want. They want you, they want the feedback, but they also want that next opportunity to go and execute, which is not how Quinn Snyder runs a team. Yep. Jake Gordon says, love me some SLC stars, fun environment. It is a fun environment, actually. It is. I think if you, I mean, you look at the stars and you look at last night, they win 123-102 over Oklahoma City Blue. And you look at a guy like a Leandro Balmero last night, 29 minutes, um, he scores 17 points. Frank Jackson, 29 minutes, 19 points. Micah Potter, Ochai Baji last night, 27 minutes, 13 points. You know, you look at, you know, Raleigh Alkins last night, 12 points in 24 minutes. Like, you're seeing guys who potentially are going to contribute down the stretch on this team. And you're doing it for a very reasonable price. And it's actually really fun. The, you know the best part about the Stars game? I would tell you to bring your kids. They have like a whole family play area. Yeah, it's a great time. Right behind, right at the end of the court where they have yeah. bounce houses, discounted jazz merchandise. Like it, it, is a, it is a great time. And the Maverick Center is a great place to watch a game. Yeah. So next time they're at the Mav, I'd really encourage you to come out and, and watch a Stars game. It's, yeah. it's worth you. It's absolutely worth you supporting them. Uh, 7.30 on the Monty Show. The biggest stories in sports, as always, on this show are presented by Quick Quack Car Wash. Love my guys at Quick Quack. They're always friendly. You get in and out of there. We were talking about it yesterday. There's a line at Quick Quack. You're out of there still in five, seven minutes because they don't make you stop at like this little computer podium thing and fight your credit card. No, you have a person with an iPad who, when you have a wash pass, they just put in your license plate number, they wave at you, they hand you a free dashboard wipe, and you're good to go. Hey, guys. So the line just keeps on moving. You're in and out of there in five, seven minutes. And the, and the cool thing is, again, bring your kids to yeah. Quick Quack. They have all these cool like lights in the tunnel. Like The one I go to at the district has these red lights in the tunnel. The soap is different colors. It's like tie-dye. It drops on your car. Like It's super cool. I, I, I think Quick Quack does a great job. It's why they get my money every month. I pay them $21.99 a month for their top car wash uh, pass. I go, I probably get my car wash 10 times a month, especially in the wintertime with the, the snow and the ice By taking the way, a beating. how about the snow? Dude, how about the early season snow? Yeah. It's just so good for our water table. Um, and in a time where we are struggling. By the way, Christmas is going to be cold. Yeah. I don't know about that. I'll be in well, LA. I, Yeah, it you won't know. be cold for us, you but know. you know. You know. Uh, but yeah, you got to keep your car clean. And I'm telling you, folks, you have got to get to Quick Quack Car Wash. Uh, tell them you heard about them on the Monty Show. By the way, when we're in LA next uh, in two weeks here, 
One more week to go. By the way, we yeah, leave a you, week uh, from rocking tomorrow. Rocking that short timer syndrome. Oh or? my god, am I rocking that short timer syndrome? But they are home on Christmas Day for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, we go into that game or what? You don't want to. Why do you not want to go? Because it's football. It's football. What's wrong with football? You're sitting like, I just, I don't know, man. I yeah. You don't, you don't like going to football games in person. I'm not a, I'm not a football guy the way I'm an NBA guy. Dude, I am a huge football guy. Football games in person are awesome. What about the Lake Show? The okay, Lakers. I'm gonna pull my leg. Are the, the Lakers Laker game? I'll go the see Lakers. Bron. The Lakers are are at Dallas on the 25th. They're on a long road trip, so we can't go and see them yeah. there. Uh, but Clippers? doesn't that mean the Clippers, Clippers are home? Yeah. Right? The LA Clippers. The Clippers yeah. got to be Clippers home. Got? Who are the Clippers got on uh, Christmas? Uh, they're on the road too. What the hell? They're on the road too. Casuals. Are you serious? Casuals, bro. They're at Philadelphia, Detroit, yeah, Toronto, Boston, Indiana. How are both LA teams out of town? Okay. How about the Kings? The Kings are home. They, the LA Kings are absolutely home. Kings or Ducks? Uh, boy, I'd go to a Kings game. I'd absolutely go to a Kings game. Um, I know that they're home. Who's, who's playing? Nobody on, on Christmas Eve. Nobody on Christmas Day. Bro, what are we doing? And then the uh, Kings are home on the 27th, but that's the day we drive off to Tahoe. See? We're screwed. We're screwed. No professional sports. You know my other problem it's with a football, football game? game. You know my I don't want to go to a football you know game. I might problem? bruise my labia. Dude, they're, they're so expensive to go to. My labia. Nothing? Okay. No. I'm, no, I like, I'm not dude, Okay, let's, what is your favorite sporting event to go see in person? The World in Cup. In the comments section. Okay, here we go. Here we go. <coughs> You've never been to a World Cup match. No, I haven't. My favorite sport that you have regular access to in person is an NBA game. There's it's not even close. Number two, though, is a big college football game. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd take the NHL first. Over a big college football game. Yeah. You're crazy. Yeah. You're crazy. Really. I love going to, like going to a Utah Grizzlies game, phenomenal. Yeah. This weekend, by the way, um, they have uh, Teddy Bear Toss and Ugly Sweater Night on Saturday. Absolutely use the promo code uh, JYMonty. Go J-Y watch the new short. Monty. Yeah, the new short that's on the Utah Grizzlies channel is actually ours. We produce that with the Grizzlies. Uh, so find the Grizzlies on YouTube. Watch the short. Yeah. Um, you can If, if you uh, want to get discounted Grizzlies tickets, JYMonty is the promo code. Uh, that's our promo code you get for uh, a discount on Grizzlies And it tickets. actually is a really good deal. It is a really good deal. Uh, Jeff says, Angel Stadium home games, no question. Stadium food, first base side. Man, I miss that. I love baseball Oh, games. baseball games. I, I would go to a baseball game every day if I could, dude. I love the, baseball the, games. I, you know what I like about baseball games is you can have a good conversation. Yeah. You can have a good conversation. That's what I like about football games. So, you know. Um, and I know what Tanner's and Tanner was here. We go. Let me Tanner. guess. Tanner's rolling out with RSL. He is, but Tanner's like, Hey, do you guys know? Can you draw the RSL logo without looking? <coughs> no. And I'm glad I cannot. And I'm glad I don't know. Like Tanner, you, you come up with the weirdest stuff, but he says an RSL game, LOL. Just kidding. It's football for me. He says, uh, Tyler P says, no way. Live college football is one of a kind. It is. It is. I'm telling you, when there is 
when Rice Eccles Stadium is full yeah. and it's Utah USC, you're, I you have a hard time beating that. You have a hard time beating that. When it was, I mean, probably the best college football game I've ever been to. USC Ohio State at the LA Coliseum was lit. Uh, that was back in the Brian Cushing days. Um, but I've been to some games at Notre Dame. I've been to Utah games. Like, I mean, a big college football game is really tough to build. Uh, Kurt Meyer says PBR bull riding. Okay. 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 Jake Gordon says, I just can't do baseball. Things move too slow in baseball. I love baseball. Love it. Uh, Salty Drunk says a soakers convention. Do you know? That's not a bad idea there. You know. Uh, Jake Gordon says the NHL hands down or anything hockey related. Uh, I don't disagree with that um, at all. Uh, Giggity says when you're in LA, will there be an update on old bucket of bullets? (laughs) Giggity? Giggity, why are you causing trouble, bro? Why are you causing trouble? There will be. We're going to be off the last week of this year, so we'll work tomorrow all of next week but the week after that we're off for christmas and new year we'll be doing youtube shorts maybe we try to include buckets of bullet bucket of bullets who is yeah, my mother-in-law something out who is my mother-in-law's neocon gun toting neocon ridiculously aholic husband he, I'm not a fan. The guy, I, we call him Bucket of Bullets because you walk into his living room and there is literally a bucket of bullets sitting on his coffee table. Why? And technically they're shell casings. Oh, thank you. They're jackets. I just, am I, do I dislike him too much? How do you, how do you measure too much? I don't think you, I don't think you like him or dislike him, quote, too much. I think that, we like, don't speak. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't blame you for that. When when the guy is making, you know, mosquito fence references and in, in reference to a mask, like, you know. I hate that guy. I just don't like him. My my mother-in-law's new husband is an asshole. He just, he is. He just is, he's, I'm sure he's not a bad guy. Well, that's You're a lie. fucking Cole Beasley. Yeah, he's like Cole Beasley. Like, what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there we'll we'll keep you updated on that. We will absolutely keep you updated. We are going to be doing YouTube shorts while we're in LA. Stay with the channel. I know we're taking a week off and that wrecks the flow, but stay with us. Yeah. Uh okay, let's see. Um Fat Jesus says Bucket loves the smell of napalm in the morning. He yeah, does. Yeah, you know. He does. He does. Uh Lopes fan Gabe. Good morning, sir. As far as sporting event experiences, GCU men's basketball. Oh, yes. We've been to some pretty raucous G- Grand Canyon yes, University, yes, yes. GCU men's basketball home games. Ooh. Uh, home games have been consistently top-notch, even if the novelty of it wears off once you've been to a few. But the, the, the fans jumping up and down and they've got their lopes up, like it's ridiculous. It, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, let's see. Edward Wayner says we need a Kleovcock off update. Screw the NBA. It's not even Christmas. We yet. gave you the update. We yeah. gave you the update. You know, uh, Kurt says, uh, now what the hell is wrong with a bucket of bullets hunting uh, on the nines? Cabela's yeah, Cabela's on the nines. Cabela's on the nines. Yeah. Come on. 
So we took down a 26-point buck on the open meadow yesterday. Um, Had to hike it out with Teddy Wayman. Uh, yeah, you know. Line of um, and B12. I think my favorite live sporting event by far is the NBA. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. By the way, back to the NBA. Jazz and, uh, Jazz and Pels tonight. What? Where are you at on the Bulls? Because I am a, as a frustrated Bulls fan... Dude, it is really it is really getting to a point where one they just extended their head coach Billy Donovan. I I I can't. I can't. <laughs> I, I I can't even. Right? You know, I just It's terrible. Rotations suck, like strategies suck, like no adjustments, like I don't get it. And uh, this whole thing with Io Desumu and like I like they're just he he doesn't get it. I I I don't I don't understand. I don't understand where to go with with the bulls i don't understand where to go i don't know what to do um i mean io's out he is hurt um and it is it is really frustrating to me that he has just stopped developing he has just stopped developing and it's incredibly frustrating um and now you're looking at alex caruso being evaluated for a concussion um you know like it's just it's incredibly frustrating to yeah. me. And I don't know how you I don't know how you fix this. Like you look at what's going on with Lonzo Ball. Did you guys hear that update yesterday? Lonzo Ball is not close to returning. He's a bum. Not close to returning. Io's now out. Caruso's got a concussion, probably from getting his legs pulled out from underneath them last night. I'm like for real. I mean, Jalen Brunson did him dirty. Yeah. Um, but they're just losing games that they shouldn't lose, even with all of this stuff happening. Yeah. They just shouldn't be losing these games. And Billy Donovan sucks. And the guy that also sucks, Nikola Vucevic, is a complete waste of space. <laughs> like, I, 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 I'm so frustrated. Yeah. When you watch teams like Boston compete Boston. routinely, you look at Milwaukee, you look at Cleveland, Brooklyn, Philly, Indiana making deals like the Brogdon deal. And I know you don't believe me when I say this Brogdon's a huge deal for Boston. Like and the bulls never go out and make a Brogdon deal. They go make a Vucevic deal and it blows up in your face. Right. And then you trade Wendell Carter and all of a sudden he's a better, better player. Like it's just so frustrating to me to be a bulls fan. Okay. There I said it. I feel better. Do you? Yeah. How, did you cry yourself to sleep last night or what? Why? Well, Steph Curry got hurt. He hurt his shoulder last eh, night. He'll be fine. It's his left arm, not his right arm. He'll be fine. <laughs> I'm not even going there. I, I, I mean, am listen, not even I mean, going there. He may there. have to take a night off, yeah. right? Like uh, Caruso showed up last night. Headband uh, was still smelly from that Snoop Dogg concert. In all seriousness, I like Caruso. Good role player. He's phenomenal. The guy is a re- he is one of the best bench contributors in the yeah, NBA. Yeah, how do we not have the mayor of Monty Town in here hating on yeah. Caruso right now? Uh, I don't know. My Monty fan says I got a bit by the same uh, bug Ben Simmons did. Lonzo got bit by the same bug Ben Simmons did. And Lonzo just like I, I like the guy's game. He can't stay healthy, and you need to move on from him. It's he's life. got a he's got a knee situation. The problem is you can't trade him now. I mean, he had dead bacteria or dead skin tissue inside of his knee from this bacteria he got so they had to cut that out and he's just trying to get back from this knee but the guy's always hurt and your best ability is your availability he's just not available so that team is really frustrating meanwhile Lamelo's out here snapping nets and breaking dudes off you know 
Tyler P says, remember when the Bulls wanted to give uh, the Jazz Vuce for uh, Gobert? Yeah. And again, just it, it speaks to Danny's wisdom. It speaks to his ability to evaluate talent. They wanted, they, the, I think the Jazz would have done that deal um, for either Io DeSumo or Patrick Williams yeah. in a package of players and picks. But and of the, course, the Bulls wouldn't do that. The Bulls wouldn't give up Patrick Williams, who's a nice defensive player. I agree with that. He's not an offensive guy. I just no. I don't see the upside in him either. Um, I like Io DeSumo a lot. They're not developing him, and it's incredibly frustrating. Yeah, It is really, really frustrating. Uh, really frustrating. Uh, Brent Terry says, Curry is in need of some load management. Jake, are you going to manage his load for him? <laughs> <laughs> I am an expert. I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm just asking. Yeah, I mean, managing loads is definitely a, a, a honed skill. You yeah. know? Uh, Tyler says, the Bulls sound like they need Conley. They need something other than nothing. I just, oof. I'm so frustrated. Salty Drunk says, if you want to see the Bulls' success, dust off the 91-93 tape. Agreed. Thank you. I missed my Jordan poster in the background. It, it is, when you look at the, the, the top of this league to the bottom, it's not surprising who's there. By the way, again, did you guys see, uh, not to espouse my greatness, but did you guys see the Clippers last night again? And I, I will just continue to say Rudy Gobert is a complete bust for Minnesota. Excuse me, it's Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, excuse yeah, me. thank you. 11 points and 13 boards last night for Rudy Gobert. Thanks for showing up. Um, Kawhi Leonard, 19 points in 31 minutes. Fucking A. Paul George, 17 and 33. They got 16 points out of Luke Kennard off the bench. And, and still only scored 99 points. It's ridiculous to me. And... You look at Terrence Mann now not contributing the way he was. This, it, it, like the Clippers are getting better. They're not relying on the same, you know, B caliber players that they were relying on. Yeah. And they're, they're getting better and they're getting contributions out of a guy like Paul George who's giving you 17, 11, and 11 for a triple double to win the game last night. Rebounds and assists. You know, like I, I, that's what's so frustrating about this league is that the Bulls can't. The Bulls can't beat themselves, it seems like, yet the Clippers are getting triple doubles and a bunch of other dudes that contribute and they're winning games. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's just better team basketball. You don't need one guy to put up 40. You need five guys to put up 20. And again, I will just point to my guy, Donovan Mitchell. Your and yes, guy. I'll go to the grave saying that Donovan Mitchell's a stud. Donnie last night scores 34 points, 27 of them in the first half. 13 of 20, 6 of 9 from 3, uh, 2 of 2 from the line. Donnie, 34 points on only two free throws last night. He's averaging 29 points, four boards, four dimes, shooting 50% from the floor. And for a guy that's a jump shooter and a mid-range player. Yeah. It's pretty good. I'm telling you. It's pretty good. The development's there. It's there. He's ready. It it was a mistake to trade him. I I, I understand why they did. Don't freak out. I understand why you they did. You said that they shouldn't have traded Donovan Mitchell and that it was a mistake. It was. I understand why they did it. But I'm he's going to be an MVP in this league. That's fucking interesting, man. He is going to be an MVP in this league. There is just there is just no doubt about that. Uh MY Monty fan says we all miss that Jordan poster in the background. I know. I know. You do. Uh, all right, Football 50 coming up in three minutes. We'll get back to the Pac-12. We'll restart that conversation coming up at 8 o'clock, 8.30. Uh, Raleigh Alkins with the SLC Stars is going to join us. Uh, want to get his thoughts on playing in the G League. Want to get his thoughts on the Jazz. Want to get his thoughts on Arizona, the Arizona basketball 
I, scandal, I guess. Scandal. Came to an end. Raleigh was involved in, in that in a small part. So we'll ask Raleigh Alkins about all of that coming up. Uh, Stars get a win last night over Oklahoma City Blue. And I really like what the, what the Jazz are doing with their, their G League team. Seeing Ochai Baji getting you know big minutes um, in the G League, I think it plays a big role because I don't think he'd be getting minutes on the Jazz. No. I, I, you know he won't because he's well, when they he's brought active. Him up, and what did they do? They gave him minutes on the nights that they needed his minutes, but then they put him right back down to keep him playing. Yeah, and I think it's exactly the right thing to do. And yeah. you, you can't tell me at some point that Frank Jackson doesn't contribute to the Jazz this year. And probably in a small way, but Frank Jackson's playing really well. Like, I mean, you look at you look at what they're getting out of these guys, and I think you have to feel pretty good about it. Yeah. You know, again, I think the bummer is that Fontecchio's got this ankle thing he's dealing with, but you're getting a lot of growth now. Like seeing Balmero play in the G League is is exactly why you go to games here at Maverick Center for the for the Salt Lake Stars. I think it's exactly the right thing to do. Yes. So it's just me. Uh, Salty Drunk says, water's wet. Donovan brings out the kisses limp limp shortly. Okay. That's fine. Uh, Tanner says, gosh, I miss Donnie. I don't believe you. Donnie, please. I don't, I don't, I don't believe you. Uh, Tyler P says, six one guys don't win MVPs anymore. Well, well, maybe we're going to change that. I think you look at, <laughs> dude, look at the way Don's playing. Do you guys understand the numbers that Donovan's putting up in Cleveland? The land. The land. He's playing the most minutes of his entire career. He's averaging 37 minutes a night. His total field goal attempt is a career high by six points. 50% from the floor. I'm the real. 43% from three. I'm and the real. Bro, he's shooting nine threes a game and shooting 43%. It's crazy. That's crazy, dude. I mean, that's what is that? You're making almost four of those four a, game. a game. Yeah. He's four rebounds, five dimes, a, a, a steal and a half. Like, and he's averaging three turnovers a game. That's it's okay it. to be salty about that. It's all right. 29.2 points a game. Yeah. I mean, the guy's a stud. And, and I, I guess I, I'll be the only one. I don't mind carrying the banner. I don't. I mean, the things you know about me are that I I support Donovan Mitchell and I never miss football at 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. Yeah, obviously. The biggest stories in football. We'll get back to George Kleavkoch and the Pac-12 coming up uh, here in about 10 minutes on the show. We'll reset UCLA to the Big Ten. Um, but just start dropping comments. Does the Pac-12 survive? Excuse me. Does the Pac-10 survive? Thank you. Does it survive without UCLA and USC? And what do you think the most that the Pac-10 is going to get for a TV deal per school per year? I'm telling you, if they get if they get 25 million, they should go running to their their schools and get a get them to agree to it. Yeah. I mean, if you, I can't believe they would get more than 24 per year per school. Yeah, and I think it depends on the school he adds too. You know, does he add schools? Yeah, that's it, also it, a huge factor. Because if you are the if you are San Diego State, is the Pac-10 uh, as as inviting as the Big 12? And if you're the Big 12, how aggressive are you? Yeah. All that coming up in uh, nine minutes on the show. Papa Murphy's Pizza presents Football at 50. Use the promo code Monty25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. We've got Thursday Night Football tonight. The San Fran Dog Cisco. Yeah. yeah. 49ers, Seahawks, Seattle. 
How about the Niners? Minus three at 43 points in Seattle. I think this is a huge night for Geno Smith. Yeah. He's done a lot of good things this year. But if he loses back-to-back games and continues to throw picks, Jake, I think it, it hurts his season. Yeah, I mean, I think that the that, that Gino is someone who obviously is working on building this brand of his, and I think that, you know, these are the kind of games where you got to show up. I mean, this is a signature game against your rival, Thursday night football. Like, you got to show up in this game. And and, and obviously, it, you know, it needs to be said that whoever wins this game has a great shot of going to the playoffs. There's a lot on the line for both of these teams, and I think that that GS7, as they call him now, needs to perform. You can't have two or three picks tonight. It needs to be, like, ideally, you'd be 280 to 300 yards through the air, you know, get a 100-yard performance on the ground out of your backs and and go out and win the game. That's the kind of performance he needs. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that you're starting to see who NFL teams really are. You're starting to see who Geno is. Yeah. I think you're starting to see who a guy like a Dak Prescott is because I think Dak Prescott is better than anybody gives him credit for, and he's not as good as Cowboy fans tell you he is. But I think he's a really solid quarterback. I mean, since his return, they've been the best offense in the NFL. Yeah. And I don't think that's a fluke. I don't think that's an accident. Dak Prescott's a legitimate quarterback in this league, and I think he deserves that credit. He won't get it. But if you look up and down the the rosters here, you're starting to see that Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Uh... Greenbow, Alabama. I love saying Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. But you're seeing guys like Joe Burrow, the sex machine, Justin Haybear. Love my guy, Justin Herbert. On the good. Dak on the good. But I think you're also starting to see Tua Tungavailoa on the bat. You're seeing him come back to earth a little bit. Yeah. Who is Aaron Rodgers without a lot of talent around him? Is Tom Brady done? Like... There's all of these compelling, you know, like Russell Wilson in Denver. Yeah. How much did he, how much did he contribute to the wins in Seattle? Huge question mark around the NFL right now. And and I know we do uh, power ranking. Power. I just like saying it that way. Uh, But if you look at the quarterbacks around the NFL, the month of December makes or breaks your season. And when you look at guys like Mahomes, you look at my guy, Justin Herbert. Your guy. Again, that's my dude. Your guy. Procreatorially speaking, that's my guy. I'm sorry. Did you say procreatorially speaking? I did. I did. Uh, Justin Herbert, number two in the NFL, 3,706 yards passing. Like, he has exploded here very quietly Yeah. because he's an under-the-radar guy. He's having a really good year. Joe Burrow is having a really good year. Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Geno's at 3,400 and 33 yards. But now he's 25 and 8. And is his does his season feel as special after he throws multiple interceptions to lose a game at home to Carolina? If that happens against what I think could be the best defense in the National Football League with the 49ers, that happens again tonight. All of a sudden, GS7 is just Geno Smith, and you're you're not feeling as special as you had been. Yeah. So I think tonight's a really big big night for Geno Smith. Absolutely. You know, like I, I think it is it's gonna be interesting. By the way. Um, one of the other stories I think that's falling under the radar this morning is uh, Drunky the Clown, otherwise known as Steve Kime, the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals, is taking a health-related leave of absence uh-huh. from the club. When you say, uh-huh, what are you thinking? Kyler's done for the year. Any coincidence Steve Kime's leaving the rest of the year? Maybe not. I mean, I don't know if it's the rest of the year, but ask yourself this. 
Did Kyler Murray getting hurt, tearing the ACL, save Cliff Kingsbury? Could be. I don't Could think be. it did. I think that I think that people are going to say, oh, Kyler tore his ACL. Season's over. We'll try again next year, which is why Kimes leaving and and why no one's going to fire Cliffy. And they're, they're the Cardinals, dude. Like, we covered this team for several years. They are average. They are mediocre. Like, Michael Bidwell is an embarrassment as an owner. He always has been and always will be. You think that you can just build a Super Bowl contender because you paid a bunch of guys. That's not how it works. I'm sorry. It's just not. Like, you have to have more chemistry. Oh. You got to have draft picks at skill positions. You got to have, like, these certain things that check the boxes in the formula to go out and win. And by the way, when your quarterback is arrogant and likes himself a little too much, that doesn't really help your chances. And didn't Kyler get exposed this year? Yeah, he did. A lot. I mean, you look at the NFC West. You know, you look at the, the Trey Lance storyline in San Francisco. Not an NFL quarterback. You look at Kyler Murray, tears the ACL, but before that, it's not like he was scintillating. Matthew Stafford, hurt. Now he won a Super Bowl. Does he have the same drive? Like... And then you look at the Seattle Seahawks, the resurgence, the the rebirth of Geno Smith. Like this this division's been an abject disaster. Like there's no other way to look at it. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about terrible? Yeah. My God. Uh, Jared Eccles says, really hoping to see a better, different Tua Tonga Vailoa. Tua Tonga your mama. Saturday night, then I've seen the uh, the uh, last few weeks. Big game against the Bills in snowy Buffalo. I'm tired of hearing about weather, dude. Like, but I think it's a major factor. I mean, the Tua Tonga Vailoa has never played a game in these conditions. Never has he ever played a game in these conditions. Yeah. You don't think that matters? I mean, uh, yeah, it always matters where you're playing, but I, I'm tired of, like, are we going to say, oh, what was snowing, and that's why the Bills won the game? Is I mean, are we really going to sit here and say Let's that Josh see. Allen wasn't dominant and that they weren't able to run the football and that they didn't play great defense? Like, the, I don't want to hear on Monday that, that you know, the Dolphins lost because it was snowing outside. I don't want to hear that. Like, yeah. the, you, you, you're an NFL quarterback, right? You're supposed to be this franchise guy that that you know was a victim of the concussion protocol and now has made this comeback yeah like i don't want to hear any excuses about the snow like go out and get the job done if you want to be an mvp notice jalen hurts hasn't had any trouble with snow notice josh allen doesn't have issues like it's just part of being a a, a one quarterback in the league just is like i'm sorry it's you getting fired up bro just is Football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour. Presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more. Papa Murphy's presents how to change the way you pizza. Step one, grab a delicious Papa Murphy's pizza. Step two, bake. Step three, chow down on the deliciousness. Order the limited time Hog Heaven pizza today at papamurphys.com. Hi, how are Hello. you? Hello. We're deciding which one of us is going to go tinkle first. Uh, but the point is, <laughs> use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. I'm, I'm ready for a Papa Murphy's Pizza. I'm ready to fire yeah. up the Traeger. What, so can we, can we spend three minutes talking about short-timer syndrome real quick? Yes. What, what's the, why do you think it's so steep for you this time? Uh, you know, okay. So we're going on vacation next after next week's shows. So after the show a week from tomorrow, next yeah. Friday, um, we're heading out and we're going on vacation for a week and we're going to go to LA. Then we're going up to Tahoe to snowboard. Then we'll come back to Utah. Um, but I think the grind this time of year adds up more quickly than it does other times of year. So 
I get up at, and this week I've been waking up at three thirty every morning. It's I don't know. So why. weird. Me too, dude. I don't like know I why. don't get it. I, I just have no don't. idea. But I'm awake at three thirty every day. You know, I'm out of the house at four thirty every day. I'm in my car at four thirty every day. Yeah. You know, and like yesterday, we were at the Maverick Center for twelve hours. We did a we do some content creation with the Utah Grizzlies. Um and it is interesting. Um, this BYU collective thing, we got to talk about that in a minute as well. Anyway, um, we were at the map for 12 hours yesterday. And, you know, I noticed it last night. I was, look, we're going snowboarding today. So I was looking for my pants and I couldn't find my snowboarding pants. And I like, I kind of barked at my wife a little bit in frustration about losing my pants. And like, I'm like, dude, I just need to fucking sleep past 3.30 one day. Yeah. Just let me sleep till 7. Give me, and it never happens, even on Saturday and Sunday. Give me a 7 o'clock wake-up call. Yeah. Can't do it. Every single day I wake up, this week at 3.30, but usually right at 3.57 I wake up every day. Monday through Friday. Saturday and Sunday. 3.57. Now, on the weekends, I can generally get myself back to sleep. You know, but like when we go snowboarding on the weekends, I still get up at five o'clock because I like to leave my house at six because I don't want to fight traffic and I want to get first tracks out there and get my five, seven, 10 laps in and call it a day, right? But I think the grind has just caught up. So going to LA, the point is on short timer syndrome, Yeah, going to LA, the thing that it does for you is that it gets you out of the, the mental state of I've got to get up at, at 4 a.m. I've got to get out of bed. I got to go snow. Like we're not going snowboarding. Um, probably after next Wednesday, I won't snowboard for a week. Right. So I won't be waking up early. I won't be getting out of bed early. I won't be worrying about doing my laundry before I go to bed. Like you just get to turn your mind off. Yeah. And go to Taco Surf and go to Carney's on Sunset and go to the beach and watch Sunset. You know, like one of the things I'm disappointed about, we were originally going to take our dogs, but we can't take our our. Uh, we were originally going to take our dogs because we couldn't find the place we board our dogs when we go out of town was booked. Yeah. So I was excited to take my guy, Rhino, my older dog, yeah. who probably only has three, four more years to live because well, he's Rhino, older. Well, Rhino, that's home for Rhino. That's yeah. where he's from. Yeah, that's where we got him was in L.A. And I was, we take him to the dog beach and they run up and down the beach. They love it. And now he won't get to do that. But it's just, I just need some time away. Yeah. You know, like I need some unplugged time. It just, it just... Do you guys know what I mean by short-timer syndrome? Like, I'm ready to take a break now. Like, I'm ready to take a break. That's just, it just is what it is. Yeah, no, so. for sure. And I, and I think that, you know, I, I'd be curious what people say in the comments about, like, what's your PTO setup for the holidays? Are you someone who, who, who takes, like, I have a bunch of people at the Yelpatory who take, like, three weeks off. They save all their PTO, and they just check out for three weeks, you know, in December. And... It's really interesting to me. It's a fascinating time of the year because it is the holidays. But I think like when we, when I was at Yelp and we were at Yelp, we would always take the last two weeks of the year off. I mean, hell, for the long times on the show, you know that. Like like this year, we're doing more shows in December this year than we ever we have. Ever. Than ever. we ever have. And I'm not complaining. Ever. Hear me clearly. I'm not complaining. No. I'm just saying I think that that when you're working for yourself and you're grinding and you're, you know, you're, you're trying to put out the best possible content you can every day, you know, and then you're adding shorts and you're at like, you're, we're doing all this stuff. I think it does add up. And I think in life, you know, for the listeners, I know it adds up. I, I know for a fact it adds up. So I think the short timers thing is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, the Monty Show presented by The Advocates. Find them online, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. 
are the Advocates. And I've known Matt Triggs and the guys at the Advocates for over 10 years now. They supported our show. Um, and they're just really good people to do business with. And you want to talk about entrepreneurs that really give back to their community. The Advocates give back to their community. One of the cool things, if you follow the Advocates on Instagram, one of the cool things they do is just out of the blue, they go to like firehouses and drop off cookies. Yeah. Like they care about the community. They do that stuff because they care and they, they have empathy and they, they're actually really good people. Because when you get in an accident and you're sitting there in a car and you're like, do I need an attorney? Yes, you do. But you need somebody that understands this is one of the most difficult days of your life. That's the advocates. You need somebody that you can trust to fight for you. That's the advocates. You need somebody that isn't going to be reaching into your pocket just to have a phone conversation. That's the advocates because you don't pay them a consultation fee. You don't pay any retainers. In fact, you don't pay the advocates until they win your case. Find them online at theadvocates.com. Real quick, um, I've got like five people texting me on this BYU Collective situation. What does that mean, so, BYU Collective? So there is going to be a new NIL announcement at BYU soon. Okay. We've been hearing about this back a or, month. I mean, we, there's been rumors, yeah. A major BYU booster. No, when we, you and I were having a oh, conversation yeah, yeah, with yeah. a major yeah. BYU booster yeah. who is part of one of their biggest financial supporters. Yeah, dude's for real. And he was telling us just how unhappy his company is at BYU. Yeah. And that they were trying to get out of their arrangement with BYU. And that they were going to take the money that they were spending on BYU and they were going to put it into the players. And I was telling them about Coog Connect, um, you know, who hooks us up with Harris Lachance and, you know, all the football players and basketball players. And Coog Connect's a small NIL collective where 99.9% .9 of the money that you give to them goes to the player. Yeah. And so we were talking about it and he's like, yeah, but we're going to start our own collective. Because BYU does not facilitate NIL collectives. And so I've been going back and forth. The issue at BYU, really quickly, before we get to the Pac-12, Pac-10 thing, the issue at BYU is that, again, I will tell you, significant changes are happening as we speak behind the scenes unrelated to the coaching staff. And what you're seeing is that there is massive dysfunction in mid-level management at BYU administration. Massive dysfunction. And part of it is, is that longtime sponsors, names that you know right off the tip of your tongue, are unhappy. And they don't want to stop supporting BYU football players, but they want to stop supporting the institution. And so that is going to bear out in the form of a new collective being formed. Man. And what's going to happen is, and like, I appreciate, by the way, everybody who texts me and reaches out to me and DMs me, I appreciate everybody who does that. Over the last two weeks, I've probably got 30 DMs about this particular story. But there is, in my, in my understanding, there is going to be a, a significant new NIL collective announced in the next few days to a week. And I think it's gonna try, they're going to try and change the NIL game at, at BYU because as much as we've heard about great NIL deals, the deals have not been great outside of Coog Connect because I think Coog Connect is the best collective, certainly in the state of Utah. But the NIL, NIL deals you hear about have not really benefited the players as, as they were described. And I think there is some frustration. I mean, like Bilt Bar, you know, buying scholarships for walk-on players, fantastic. 
But all these other NIL things you've heard about have not really put money in the players' pockets. Yeah. And it's been a huge problem. It's been a huge bone of contention. I talk to a lot of BYU football players who are frustrated with the NIL process in Provo because a lot of that money doesn't go into the players' pockets. It goes into everybody else's pockets. And I think that's why this collective that's going to be formed is this collective that's going to be formed is going to be a big deal. And we'll see, we'll see exactly how this plays out. If it plays out how probably 10 people have told me it will play out, you're going to see a major, major BYU booster put up huge money. And it's going to stop going into the pockets of BYU and it's going to start going into the pockets of BYU football players. Yeah, I wonder how that will affect the institution. I mean, we know how it affects players. I mean, that's pretty straightforward. I think we all get that. But but I wonder, you know, how BYU as an institution responds to this, if they respond to it, because that, you know, like NIL is such a slippery slope for the institution. They have to be really careful with it. But, you know, this is very much a behind closed doors, you know, business dealings type thing, NIL, like topically speaking. And I think... You know, I love the fact that we're we're getting this news that, you know, they're just going to go straight to player. I think that's brilliant. I think that's how it should be. I just think it takes people getting together, putting their heads together and saying, okay, this is how we're going to set it up. And, you know, Jimmy over here is going to run the collective and make sure the money flows properly. Like, that's what it takes. So I love this. I think it's great. I'm just curious, how does this impact, you know, the mid-level, you know, business management you know, philosophies and structures and happenings. That's what is interesting. Yeah, Jeremy says, Monty, have you seen Keenan Peely is in the transfer portal? Yes, we talked about that on the show the other day, and I don't I don't blame him. Um, that's a high-level performer that needs to win football games. And I think BYU is going to struggle in that category this year. But I do think that Utah's NIL games got significantly better this season. I mean, you look at Clark Phillips, you look at America First, you look at, you know... Cam Rising. Cam Rising, certainly. You look at the fact that, hey, look at Jaron Hall doing deals where... I mean, the guy made, by some reports, $135,000 this past season. So NIL is here, but it's... At BYU, I think there is still significant dysfunction. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know what it's going to take to fix that. Yeah. I, I really don't. Um, I mean, it is... It, you, you are in a situation where... If you don't have NIL dollars to recruit players through the portal, you're not going to win at the highest levels in college football. Yeah. You're just not. And I think we talked about this yesterday with quarterbacks. I mean, you know, and a lot of people used Cam Rising from Texas, but Cam was never a performer at Texas. Yeah. When you have guys like Caleb Williams, who was a Heisman Trophy candidate while on the field at Oklahoma transferring yes. to USC, that's an NIL deal. That's how those deals happen. So yes, yeah, exactly right, Greg. Uh, Greg Hawkins, good morning to you. They better figure out uh, figure that NIL stuff out quickly because their recruiting is currently something like sixty five, and they're watching Utah zoom right past BYU. And that's a fascinating part, isn't it? Like, like it's not as though Utah is some NIL juggernaut, right? It's, I mean, yeah. they got better, but, but NIL is. Uh, but make no mistake about this: NIL at Utah has passed NIL in Provo. The Utah Utes have a better NIL pipeline right now today than BYU does. That's, I think that's inarguable. I don't think you can argue it. I really don't. I think there is more corporate dollars going into the pockets up on the hill than there is in Provo. Uh, I, it, I cannot, the, 
I, I, it must be five, six, seven football players who have voiced frustration to me about the way that, that BYU limits their NIL opportunities in their opinion. Yeah. And I think that complaining, that's why these happen. But the other thing we got to stop doing is, oh my God, Keenan Peely's in the transfer portal. The program's collapsing. It's not collapsing. BYU does not have a mass exodus of players. This is a code 10 abort. This is how college football works now. Yeah. There's not a mass exodus from BYU. I think we also need to stop doing that too. Uh, Pied Piper says, I love that BYU is incapable of doing something really good without also shooting themselves in the foot. It's really frustrating because BYU had a sprinting head start on NAL. Yeah. And it just never materialized. And again, that's why I always point to Coog Connect. Like you can spend $10 at Coog Connect and 99% of that money is going into the pocket of a player for t-shirts, interviews, exclusive content, like subscribing. If you're a BYU fan and you don't subscribe at, at Coog Connect, CoogConnect.com, if you don't subscribe to CoogConnect.com, you're, you're making a mistake because your $10 a month is more than well spent. Yeah, They do a phenomenal job, but they're, they're, they're a small fish and it's really hard to grow your collective. And that's why I think this collective announcement, whatever it winds up being, and I'm told that it's going to be major boosters and a, a, a former supporter that's not putting money. I think there are a lot of supporters of the program that are not putting their money into the program this year. And I want to see how BYU is going to react. I do. Um, all right. Raleigh Alkins coming up in 15 minutes on the show. Um, talking uh, Salt Lake Stars. We'll talk to him about a lot of different things. Uh, there's a lot of good G League stuff to talk about, jazz stuff to talk about with Raleigh Alkins coming up uh, at 8.30 in 15 minutes. But I do want to get back to this situation with the uh, Pac-10. I did say the Pac-10. Yes. Uh, here on the program. Uh, because UCLA is going to the Big Ten. The UC Board of Regents yesterday met and said that UCLA is free to go to the Big Ten, but they will have to pay between 2 and $10 million per year to subsidize Cal based on the value of the Pac-10 TV deal. Yeah. Which is, I again, as we've talked about on the show today, I think it's $24 million. That's the number I've been told. Um, sources in the TV industry yesterday that I was chatting up were saying, hey, it the deal hasn't changed and Amazon's not going to pony up a ton more money now. They have said, hey, we're not doing that. And this is... A, a, an exact example of why George Klyovkov is a problem for the Pac-10. Yeah. And I think he has gotten circles run around him, frankly, by Brett Yormark and the Big 12. And I think you're going to see some reaction out of this. I am curious what the Big 12 does here. Because if I'm the Big 12, knowing now that the Pac-12 is incredibly vulnerable, I'm acting aggressively. I am out... Sorry. I am out to Utah. I am out to Colorado. I am out to the Arizona schools. I am getting this done as quickly as I can get this done because today, right now, the Pac-10 is, is as vulnerable as it will ever be because you can say what you want about George Klyovkov. The one thing that's very certain is Georgie Boy is not going to sit on his hands and watch this conference die, in my opinion. I think he's going to do everything that he can do to get to San Diego State, to get to Gonzaga, to add value to this conference, to try and somehow stave off um, absolute implosion uh, in the in the Pac-10. And I, I don't know any other way to do that than to add Gonzaga. 
I don't know. I think that is the chip that's out there because let's be really honest about this. If Gonzaga basketball winds up in the Big 12, the Pac-10 should just cease operations at that moment because there's just no win for them. Understand that now, as of last night at about 5 o'clock, the Pac-10 has no representation south of Berkeley. Let that sink in. That's it, Skippy. No Central California, no Southern California. They have nothing south of Berkeley. Let that hit you for a minute. and Pack let your you, shit. Let's go. Let yourself wonder, how much money is that going to cost this conference? <laughs> and it's a lot. And the only way that you recoup is you add more viewers. And right now, there's just no way to add more viewers to this conference. If you look at some of the numbers that we've been sharing with you today, um, you look at these numbers out of the most viewed TV games um, in, in, in the West, you look at these numbers, look how many USC games and Oregon games are in here. USC, one, three, four. Three of the top four involve USC, and the one that doesn't <coughs> is, is Oregon, right? Now ask yourself, how many of these games involve UCLA? Well, the problem is the fourth one does, right? And then you look at down at the bottom, UCLA and Oregon, UCLA and Cal. I mean, <coughs> this conference is being decimated by this move to have UCLA go to the, go to the Big Ten, right? And then you start looking at this number right here. This is coaching salaries. Right now, Kyle Winningham is on record the highest paid coach in the conference at $6 million. But you look at Lincoln Riley, by all accounts, Lincoln Riley's making $10.25 million per season. And then you go up and down this list and you start to understand that the conference doesn't pay well and there's not a lot of people watching the conference. Yeah. Right? You're in trouble here. And on top of that, on top of that, you look at the championship game TV numbers and you look at the fact that the Pac-12 with USC in it against Utah didn't get to $6 million. <coughs> But the Big 12, the Big 10, and the SEC all had massive viewership. Yeah. This is a huge problem losing USC and UCLA. Yeah. And you were never saving USC. They're a private institution that can do whatever the hell they want. But I think today it begs the question, can the Pac-10 survive without UCLA in that conference? And I, I, again, will say what I've said for six months. It's not possible. If you don't have a Southern California representation, it's not possible. And if you think that Uncle Phil in Oregon are going to sit tight and watch their prestigious program windle away and die in the Pac-10, I think you're crazy. Yeah. I think you're absolutely crazy. I think realignment's coming, and I think it's coming soon. You look at, at Texas and Oklahoma starting SEC play in 2024 to align with the Big Ten that's getting USC and UCLA. You're telling me the Big 12's not going to make a move to add to the four teams coming into the conference now. You're telling me that the Pac-10, if they're to survive, is going to do nothing? And here's the other question I would ask you. If you're the Pac-10, can you really believe that you can go out and you can poach teams from the Big 12? Well, that's the problem. Like, what? Like, I agree, they're going to do nothing. Well, no, of course they don't want to do nothing, but what's there to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> like, you're not going to go and get... You don't have the money to poach other teams from other conferences. And by the way, you don't have a route 
to make that money to then go and poach teams. So the problem is, is that for the last decade, all your money has been going down, 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 right? And the other conferences are just climbing. They're just climbing, right? You all know the Big Ten deal. You, you, 70 million a year, and that's probably going to improve as they continue to expand. So that's the issue. When we really boil it down, you know, whether you want to say San Diego State or Gonzaga or whatever, those teams aren't going to take it as 70 million a year. You don't have a path to get to even 40 a year. That's the problem. Like, good luck. And I just don't believe that Brett Yormark hasn't been waiting for this day. Yeah. I, I yeah. have to believe that Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark has been sitting here just waiting. He's, he's waiting for the light to turn green, and it just turned green. And I don't know what that looks like. And if I'm Utah, dude... I don't like where they're at right now. I, I don't like, like it at all. I, I don't like honest. that Mark Harlan last week. And do we still have that I think, tweet? I think we do. I think do we, we do. still have that tweet. Here it is right here. This is Mark Harlan, the athletic director at Utah. John Kurtz says the Pac-12 had a standalone game on Friday night with huge playoff implications and the biggest brand, USC, playing was almost three and a half million behind two non-OU Texas Big 12 games. <coughs> <coughs> And Mark Harlan, the AD at Utah, answered that with a quote tweet of, we're not leaving. <sighs> we're not leaving. That's a huge problem. And you have Chris Hill, the former athletic director, a couple of weeks ago, uh, saying, well, hey, you know what? I think he told Spence Checkets on ESPN 700 that, hey, you know, we're not interested in leaving because our fan base is in the Bay Area. So we're not going to leave. Well, it doesn't mean that you're like, packing moving trucks and going to the Big 12. I love this. That, like the, the, university, love this. the university doesn't physically pick up and move, dick. It just means that you're playing in a larger <laughs> pond in front of more people who watch TV. It doesn't mean that Pac-12 former fans, and if you're a Bay Area person, it doesn't mean you don't have access. But I think people don't, like I know that this, I'm not even trying to sound stupid here, sound silly or be tongue-in-cheek. This is why I've been saying several times, if you've been listening to the show and our conversation on this, I point this out all the time, even though it's kind of silly. Them going to the Big Ten doesn't mean that they packed a bunch of U-Hauls and put the, the the football stadium on a on a you know a big rig and replant it. Hey, in man, Illinois. can somebody get like, that Huey helicopters right? to pick up like, the Rose Bowl? Like they're not literally moving the campus here, guys. And I think people believe that. Like it's amazing. Why do you care where your fan base is? If they're in Poughkeepsie or in Palo Alto, they're still going to turn on the TV and watch Utah play football. With all due respect. Right? The biggest issue is how much money you're not going to make. And when you see a guy like Harlan saying that, that should be terrifying to you. Doesn't make you and feel responsible. Furthermore, furthermore, if you look at Arizona, and again, Raleigh Alkins going to join the show here in eight minutes from the SLC stars. If you look at Arizona, if Gonzaga gets to the Big 12, Gonzaga, if Gonzaga gets to the Big 12 and you're Arizona, do you want to be in that conference? I would think so. Do you want to be in a conference with Kansas, Gonzaga, 
You know, look at the bat. Look, that's a basketball freaking conference with Houston and Cincinnati Even and BYU. If they didn't play football, you'd want to be in that conference. That's what I'm saying. Because what's everybody watching on TV? If it's Gonzaga and and flipping Arizona for the Big Twelve championship, who's not watching that game? Come on, come on now. And you don't think that the WCC rivalry, because I do think it's a rivalry with BYU and Gonzaga. Yeah. You're already getting Gonzaga and Michigan State playing on an aircraft carrier. Which was super cool, by the way. Right? Like, you're already getting Gonzaga getting big games. They want more money. You can't tell me that Mark Few's happy making like 13 cents a game. (laughs) And furthermore. you said 13 cents. Furthermore. I did. Too bad. Furthermore, remember the Big 12 TV deal. Remember the Big 12 TV deal. The Big 12 TV deal is... ESPN gets the bulk of the football. Fox gets the bulk of the basketball. Are you telling me that Fox doesn't want Arizona and Gonzaga for a conference championship game? Are you really telling me that Fox isn't going to push for Gonzaga to join the Big 12 knowing it's already the best basketball conference in the country and knowing that that if you added Gonzaga that the eyeballs would be much larger? Come on now. Like, this is a no-win situation for the Pac-12. Yeah. And... Hey, I'm open to the idea I've, I'm completely wrong. It's never happened. <coughs> Not only am I good looking, well, but I'm know, never according, wrong. According to some individuals on this show, you're you're a Wikipedia expert. You know, like exactly. that's, that's been your, that's where you all know, your knowledge comes from. That's so, exactly you know. right. By the way, we're at 152 likes. We've had almost 1,500 views on the show today. We're at 152 likes. Go ahead and bump that like button if you don't mind. It really helps the channel grow. Uh, and again, when we if we get to 9,000, I think we will now. We're under we 30 will. subs a we're day. Get, we're getting there. When we get to 9,000, we're going to take you plus one to a jazz game against Cleveland in January. We're going to buy you a custom jersey. We're going to do it in a, in a black car. Bonnie, please. All we have to do is get to 9,000 subs by the end of the month. So make sure you give us a thumbs up. That really helps the channel grow. And right now, we are at 155 likes on this show. Can we get to 200? That would be amazing. Um, hey, there's Ruff's official. He says oh. it's Dr. Wikipedia. Oh, my bad. My bad, Ruff. Sorry, dude. It's, Sorry, dude. My bad. Can you get that right, please? Yeah, my bad. Sorry. Come on. Sorry. Come on. Ruff's is also, uh, again, I know he knows everything, but he's completely wrong. Uh, Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12 is just as bad as UCLA and USC leaving the pack. Yeah, see, you don't not. understand the situation. I totally disagree you don't with have, that. You don't understand the situation. I mean, the yeah. TV viewership numbers speak yeah. completely the, the, opposite yeah, of that. This is not an opinion-based conversation, Completely dude. opposite yeah. of that. And darn it, now we get see, Rob, bots in the chat. the chat. You come into the chat, you talk about Oklahoma and Texas leaving, and then bots show up. Is that any surprise? Come on. Heck, you're still out of here. here. Right? I love it. Ruff, I love you, dude. I appreciate that you're here every day. You know, even if you are uh, Ruff's official is Dr. Douche, I totally okay, appreciate it. That's a little you. rough. That's a little rough. I, oh, is it? My bad. See, see, but see what I did there? It's a little rough, but his rough. name is Ruff. Like, you see me working? Rough, right? Uh, Charles M., good morning to you. He says, Oregon State and Washington State to the Big 12 along with the lower corner four. Can you imagine? And, and, and we talked about this earlier, but I want to say it again because I think it's really important. If you don't understand the TV viewership numbers that Washington State brings to the to the to the show, I think you're crazy. Yeah. Washington State, Oregon, Washington, there's real viewer numbers there. Real viewer numbers there. And I think when you look at at the vulnerability now, I still will maintain and again, talking to my TV, one of my TV guys last night, he was saying, What's the Mountain West gonna do? Oh, they're going to clean up after after the major so. schools leave the pack. That's I think so, and it's do. been really quiet. 
They have a new commissioner, if you guys didn't hear it. She is fantastic. But even that news kind of flew under the radar. I mean, if you it if did. you don't follow the cycle real closely, you probably missed that. In all due respect to you, I mean, they intentionally wanted the new commissioner of, of the Mountain to fly under the radar. And I think that, you know, the Mountain West has always been this, this, this conference where you've got Craig Thompson, the guy who's going out, just kind of chilling. Not really innovating, not really doing anything, just kind of, you know, meandering and, through and, life. And by the way, by the way, does anybody know where Gloria Navarez came from, the new commissioner of the Mountain West? Uh, she was the mountain. She was the commissioner of the WCC. I'm for real. So I'm for real. I'm telling you, the the Mountain West isn't just going to sit there and hope. And that's what the I'm Big saying. Twelve the, ain't sitting here and hoping. Dude, the, the narratives around like, oh, it's the Mountain West. That's some terrible conference. Well, yeah, yeah it may be an average conference right now. Sure, I, I can agree with that. I, I I agree with that. But that narrative and that reputation is going to change when realignment happens because Ding. they're going to pick up the garbage that was left behind. And that exactly garbage right. happens to be some pretty damn good programs, not named Oregon State, But by Washington the way, by State. the way, who's got more Southern California representation, the Pac-10 or the Mountain West? Well. Uh, well, San Diego State is in yeah. the Mountain West. And I know, again, it needs to be said, hey, it's where's San Diego Fresno State. State. With all due respect, where's it's Fresno San Diego State? State, but still, it's Southern California. But where's Fresno State, the Mountain yeah. West? Yeah. So not only does the Mountain West have more SoCal and Central Cal, representation than the Pac-10 does. Does the Mountain West become a stream league if the Pac gets dissolved and they pick up the trash? I I, I, I don't know. I don't know what but Amazon... But see what I mean? But see, we've had this conversation about Amazon for yeah. six months now. Yeah. We first heard about Amazon, I want to say it was almost a year ago, Yeah. with the Pac-12. Because they knew this. They knew they were in trouble. Right. They knew. And I think when you look at the Pac, the Pac-10 now, I don't, I don't see Amazon just writing huge checks for the sake of having live sports. I don't. And Fox has already told the, the Pac-10 that they're not interested in their tier one rights. I mean, they're behind the eight ball here. Absolutely. Like it is. Yeah. And the, the quality that is, and regardless of what you think about Arizona, Arizona basketball, and, and really what Jed Fish has done at Arizona football, I, this is as good as you have felt about Arizona football and probably – Years. And I think what's important is that Arizona basketball has a reputation. I mean, you know what they've been. You and obviously Ask Laurie Markin about it. Yeah. And I think, you know, the 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 saga that went on with Sean Miller, like, yeah, there was some drama there. But before that, I mean, Arizona was a uh, 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 was a prolific college basketball program. I mean, competing at the top of the sport every single year. And so they have legacy, they have tradition. And I think when you look at the big 12 and you look at what they're looking to add, like look no further than what Brett Yormark said in that statement, right? He wants basketball yes. and football and he wants a program that aligns with the values of the current institutions because those current institutions are all aligned in their beliefs. So to me, like Arizona, as an example, would be a perfect fit. Now, ASU, that's different, right? Like, hey, see, so one that competes at the highest level. And in this is the statement on football. the screen. This is a statement from Brett Yormark that you were talking about. Yeah. One that competes at the highest levels in basketball and football stands for the right things, is a good cultural fit. Because read this line. Our alignment right now and the like-mindedness of all of our member institutions is fantastic. It's never been better. I don't want to compromise that. And I think when you look at what this UCLA thing has done, yeah. 
And I think it's pertinent not to be redundant because I just told the story an hour ago, but the way that USC left the Pac-12 tells you that they don't have alignment. The back of the envelope calculation comment from, you know, Klyovkov tells you. Hey, you start talking shit. They don't have alignment. Yeah. So you you look at, you know, the president at USC gets on a call as one of the, you know, the the top influential presidents in the conference, in the Pac-12. Hey they, they put together this phone call and they're like, hey, we want to we wanna expand the Pac-12. You guys are the most important presidents here. What do you think, USC? And yeah, she, she straight up said, no, I'm not interested. I think we're fine. Hung up the phone and she already had the Big Ten deal in place. Because it's all part of the plan. With UCLA and they pulled the ripcord and the, the Pac-12 had no idea. So when we talk about UCLA paying $10 million in alimony to Cal, dude, that's hardly a price to pay to get $70 million a year, way better recruiting opportunities, and yep. way better TV opportunities. I mean, and, and look, I know that it needs to be said, UCLA, for those of you who don't know, operates at a nine-figure debt load right now Dude. nine figures so so the idea that's a that, hundred million dollars by the way the idea that ucla would stay in a conference that's looking at 24 million a year for a school when they can go and get in at 70 a year and all they have to do is pay 10 million a year to cal or you know whatever it's going to be between two and 10 million let's say it's seven great neat awesome awesome that's fine we're going to do that because we know that if Chip Kelly will do his damn job, we got a real good shot at getting to the college football playoff. UC Regent Gumby says it's calimony, Jake. My bad, calimony. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you, man. I appreciate that. It's calimony. You see what I'm doing here? Come I on. love all the alimony jokes. Like the divorce references. N divorce is not something to laugh at, son. We didn't get divorced. I just left. Yeah, if you're laughing at divorce, you're a prick. Well, then I'm a prick because I think calimony's <laughs> hysterical. Okay, frankly, I think, it, I think it is hysterical. But yeah, I, I, I think that when you look at especially quality, yeah. you just had USC compete for a spot in the college football playoff. Yeah. Texas and Oklahoma had two of two of the worst seasons in the conference, which wasn't unexpected. Uh, well, with Oklahoma, I didn't. I don't think anybody thought Oklahoma was going to be that bad. Well, I don't think anybody thought dude, it was going to be that guy, bad. I mean, yeah, and I'm not holier than thou. I, I mean, obviously they had a rough season, but like when Lincoln Riley leaves, you're left with a big gap to fill. You are the Monty Show presented by uh, our good friends at Barbecue Pit Stop. Anytime we're talking college football, you should be thinking about Barbecue Pit Stop BBQ. Pitstop.com. Find him in Logan, Layton, Lehigh, St. GZ, which is St. George. But we're not allowed to call it St. GZ anymore. Our, our St. George listening contingency has told us it ain't it ain't St. George. It's St. GZ. <laughs> Logan, Layton, Lehigh, St. GZ, <laughs> and of course our good friend Salt Lake City Murray. Um, they're just the best dudes. And you know that when you need gifts. I know how many of you, and in the comments, please drop. Have you finished your Christmas shopping yet? Mm. Uh, if you haven't, bbqpitstop.com, go into any of their stores. They've all got butcher counters now. They all sell meat now. But you know when you go to Barbecue Pit Stop, you're getting the best equipment. Traeger, Big Green Egg, Yoder, Camp Chef, pizza ovens, tongs for your bulls. Tongs, because who doesn't eat tongs? For your bulls. You know what I'm saying? Like all the best equipment yes, yes, is yes. at Barbecue Pit Stop. bbqpitstop.com, but their guys are phenomenal. And don't take my word for it. Go to BBQ Pit Stop and you can actually message with them. Yeah. 
And you can say to them, hey, you know, I don't know how to use a, a pellet smoker. Is it hard to learn? It's not. You plug it in, you pour the pellets in, and you hit go. Yeah. And you're you're on the smoker, right? Hey, I, I you know, do I need to let my brisket rest? Should I wrap it in a towel and put it in a cooler? And they're going to tell you why you should or shouldn't. Like, you know, all the stuff you need. Hey, my dad's a huge wing fan. What's the best seasoning for wings? Hey, hey we got this wing dust. rack. You yeah. want a wing rack yeah. to put on the smoker yeah. after you dust them? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sweet. Um, <laughs> Raleigh Alkins is five minutes late. Okay, cool. No worries. So we'll just We're keep good. rolling with college yeah, let's football. Let's go. It's disappointing. That's fine. Uh, let's Eric go. and Raleigh says Mountain West Media Rights deal is signed in was signed in 2020. But yeah, everybody. But here's the deal. What's here's the, the deal. Here's the deal. I'm the Mountain West. Um, you know, yeah, sure, it was signed in 2020, but they will find a way. I mean, if 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 someone said to the Mountain West, hey, you can pick up Washington State, Oregon State, you know, uh, let's just, just for example, sake, Stanford, uh, even though that probably wouldn't happen, you know, you can pick up these schools and all you got to do is blow up your current deal, find your way through that, and let's sign a fresh one that includes these new deals or these new schools. That's going to get well, done. Yeah. And let's be honest. If you guys, if you, if I said to you guys, hey, we're the Mountain West, we just added, just as an example, we just added Washington State, Oregon State, Gonzaga, and San Diego State. Yeah. We need to redo this TV deal. Boom, done. Like, I think ESPN, I think ESPN would come to the table right now. Yeah. I do. And I, I think it, that's smart by ESPN to do that. Now, you got to go and get somebody that's marketable, some, you know, teams that, you know, people want to watch, certainly. But, you know, largely, I, I think that the Mountain West is, is, is in the position where they can just sit and wait. Yes. They don't have to do anything. And I think if, if you look at the way business is being done, I, I think there is there is a lot of reason to believe they're going to do something. And by the way, if you don't think do. that, that guys like Brett Yormark and, you know, the new commissioner of the Mountain and Kevin yeah. Warren, if you don't think all those... It's Gloria Neveras, please. If you don't think Gloria, Brett, and Kevin are all talking you're and crazy. being on the same page, you're insane. You're crazy. Yeah. Uh, Ruff's official says Oklahoma and Texas are bigger draws than USC and UCLA. Well, let's be accurate about this. Oklahoma and Texas, from a fan base perspective, probably have more passion. And I would, I would suspect a bigger following than UCLA. But having been there, having lived there, having covered them, Having worked at the highest levels in sports, I can tell you, USC has a phenomenal following. Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal. The bigger issue is for Oklahoma, and especially for Texas, there's a lot of fan apathy. Nobody expects Texas to win every game they play. I think nobody expects Texas to be in every game they play. Yeah. There are fans right now who want Steve Sarkeesian fired already. You just got to give it some time. Yeah. Right? But they don't want to have time. But are you now, as Texas and Oklahoma, are you refiring that spirit by joining the SEC? I think I can make the argument that you are. Yeah. You know, and I think when you look at how close they played Alabama to the wire, what's the difference between Texas and LSU right now if, if Texas beats Alabama? Yeah, not a big difference. I mean, it, 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 it was, I mean, that was a really close game, you know, but. Oklahoma was embarrassing this year. Yeah. Brett Venables was a, an embarrassment as a coach this year. That program was terrible yeah. this year. So I'm not saying you're wrong, Ruff. I think when you look at L.A., the, the, 
the biggest issue is the checkbox of buying advertising. It is what, what I said earlier. Again, I'll say now. The, the big ad agency in New York that's got, you know, Jim McCannon. Hey, I'm Jim uh, Philip McCracken over here, the buyer that's for right, Jackhole Advertising Agency. Yeah. I need Los Angeles for Taco Bell wants to spend money in Los Angeles on sports. All right, let's call Fox and buy the Big Ten so that we get the USC game. That's the issue. Yeah. That's what, that's, to me, that's the issue. Nobody's saying, well, you know, Taco Bell wants to buy advertising on sports. We better get on the Oklahoma State game. Uh, nobody's doing that. Those are the dollars that USC and UCLA are bringing to the Big Ten now. That's why when Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, talks about, hey, we need that fourth time zone, that's what you need the fourth time zone for. Yeah. Because you've got to find a way to get those $10 million deals if you're Fox, if you're ESPN. If you're Amazon, hey, it, listen, if we're going to pay the Pac-10 $50 million per school per year, we're not getting the auto bid for Taco Bell to spend $10 million. The Dr. Pepper Big 12 championship game. Who was the Pac-12 sponsor for the, the championship game? That's the issue. So we can argue about you know UCLA and USC versus Oklahoma and Texas. The money, a lot, a lot of times, is in the metropolitan market. But in college football, specifically in these new TV negotiations, it's eyeballs on the screen. Yes. So, and by the way, none of this flipping matters because Oklahoma and Texas are in the SEC. SC and UCLA are, are in the Big Ten. So it's irrelevant. Those deals are done. The bigger question is, what's going to happen with the Pac-10 now? Who yeah. are they going to go to? What kind of deal are they going to get? What's the panic button look like? Oh, my God. Uh, Jordan Brown says St. Jeezy in the hizzy. Yeah, St. Jeezy in the hizzy. St. Jeezy! Yeah. Oh, wait, not St. Jeezy. It's St. His. You get my point. You know what I'm saying. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, you must be new here, Brent. Oh, God, um, what, what's happening? Um, I don't know what happened here. Uh, what did Brent say? Um, Greg Hawkins, he says, that must suck to have a school do what's in their best interest, huh? Um. To which Greg said, oh, stop, you don't know me. To which Brent said, okay, they shouldn't do what's in their best interest. What, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, what are you talking about, dude? You, you guys, you know what? I wish you guys could all just get along. By the way, there's more bots in here. Uh, 171 likes right now, by the way. If you guys, uh, there's 206 people watching this show. Yeah. If you guys could hit the, the like button, please, we'd love to get to uh, 200 uh, likes on the show that would be amazing yeah absolutely um we'd love to have uh we'd love to have 200 likes it helps the show grow and don't forget we're taking uh you to a utah jazz game against donovan mitchell and the Cavs if we get to nine thousand uh subs by the end of the uh by the end of the month tim bruckmiller says i saw a texas tech game streamed on espn plus and saw that old trapper is the official beef jerky of the big 12 it is yeah it is and of the jim rome show which you're a huge fan of yeah um yeah, I, I, the issue, again, I, ju I, I just say this. It's corporate dollars. It's fan apathy. It's like there's all of that at play at every school. Yeah. Right, every school. But when you're negotiating a TV deal, I mean, you, you have to have numbers where, you, where Klyovkov can say, well, you know, look at all the fans who watch Cal. Well, you can't say that. Well, look at all the fans that watched 
Oregon, Washington, and Washington State. That is, do you understand that's the heart of the Pac-10 now? Because Salt Lake City is not a big enough market to leverage a new TV deal. It's not. And if you want it to be, I'm sorry, it's not. Yeah. Right? The difference with, with and this has always been the argument with BYU, BYU got their ESPN deal because they, you put BYU on TV, you're getting a million people watching. Facts. Simple. Just facts. Right? It's a case. Win, lose, whatever. You're getting a million people watching. You, you, you put Utah on TV, I think you need a USC to get a massive audience. That's got to happen. And Utah's got good TV numbers. I'm not saying that Utah doesn't, but Utah is not. And I think one of the bigger issues is I don't think people understand how good the program at Utah is. I, I truly don't. I don't think nationally that Kyle Whittingham is a known name. I don't think he's respected. I don't mainly because I think the Pac-12 is so underviewed. Yeah, I was going to say, whose fault is that? <laughs> like, that's exactly what we've been talking about. And we can sit here and hate on the SEC all we want, but the bottom line is Alabama and LSU is a massive football contest. Everyone knows where Brian Kelly's coaching. And I, I, I again just point to the championship games. Who's getting 11 million viewers? Yeah. That's the SEC, man. Facts. That's the Big Ten. And by the way, if we really want to, you know, chop it up, who's got the most successful conference television network? It's not close. It's yeah. the Big Ten. Yeah. Big Ten network is by far. And why is that? They're partnered with Fox. The Pac-12 network is irrelevant. And I don't mean to be redundant, but we can go over this stuff over and over it all, again. It all adds up to they haven't done a good enough job to be in a position to dictate. That's and, the problem. And it's just, it's just irrelevant that the Big 12 is losing Texas and Oklahoma. They have a new TV deal. Who cares? Right? Who cares? You know, like, it just, yeah. it doesn't matter to me. Austin Napierski says... Mass Governor um, Charlie Baker just barely named new president of the NCAA. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Nice. Uh, Alan Corbin says, Utah to hire NFC West to the NFC West guys. It's for real. They'd probably win the division. Probably. They'd probably win the division. Talking with Raphael Podcast. On says, hey, Radio. Hey, guys, make sure you hit the like button. See, I love hey that guys. you guys are all in hey on guys. that now. I love that. Um because we are at 182 oh, we're likes so now. We're so close. We're popping up on... Uh, we're so close. Yeah. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Special things is happening. Yes. I don't know. This is what's great about college sports. This is what is great about college sports. It's what's great about college basketball. Because I still maintain one of the biggest parts of this conversation is the Big 12 basketball con component of their TV deal. The deal with Fox that gives Fox all of that Big 12 basketball. Man, if you're Arizona, if you're Gonzaga, and I just point to those two programs, because even with the Arizona sanctions that came out yesterday, a scholarship, what yeah, it doesn't matter. You're not damaging Arizona's prowess, right? But if you look at what Arizona means as a basketball program, on its own, that's huge. But you look at you look at Arizona football, and I think they're headed in the right direction. And I it almost pains me to say that because Arizona football has been so bad for so long. Yeah. You know, like it, it, it's... Yeah, they have been. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Like, it, it is crazy to say that. But Arizona basketball, I mean, it almost doesn't matter. The Arizona basketball is always relevant. Yeah. Arizona basketball is always compelling. UCLA basketball is always compelling. 
I, I but isn't the Pac-10 largely a football league? I don't view the Pac-10 or what's left of the Pac-10. Yeah. I don't view I, the Pac-10 as a as a basketball league. Yeah, it's not a basketball league. It's a football league. And I think, you know, uh, uh, on the fringe, it's a baseball league, you know? And I think that, I think that, you know, I actually again, don't disagree with it. It's a baseball league. You know, that's why the Big 12 is such a juggernaut because they've got basketball and football and, you know, like, you just you're good. <laughs> you're taken well, care of. It's interesting. M. Morris brings up a really good point. NIL makes the scholarship null. Yeah, because Arizona, the, these whatever you want to call them, sanctions. Arizona lost a basketball scholarship and some recruiting ability, and but they, I'm telling you, NIL has changed the sanction game. Yes. And by the way, I also think largely what happened at Arizona with that scandal is is irrelevant now because of NIL. That would have never happened during NIL. Yeah. Right? But I, I think that Arizona and Gonzaga are two huge prizes in basketball. And I, I just look at Fox and the relationship that Fox and ESPN have. How is it not in – and somebody please explain to me. How is it not in ESPN and Fox's best interest to have Gonzaga in the Big 12? Yeah, I don't know. Dude. It, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. It's a win-win for both of them. And you can't tell me that that Fox wouldn't pay more to have Gonzaga in that conference. Yeah. I just, I don't buy that. And, and I, I, Arizona the same. And if if I were Brett Yormark, here's what I would do if I'm Brett Yormark. Okay? If, if I were Brett Yormark, I would, and this is just my opinion, I would reach out to Arizona, Arizona State. Yeah. Utah. Like Colorado, like that makes sense to me. Yeah, I mean, you, you, Brett knows how to control the landscape. I mean, there's he's shown the ability to do that, and he's shown the ability to to be ahead of the game. And I think that's why you see, like, you know, when when he's going to USF or he's going, like, he's right. doing this traveling tour. Like, he understands, like, hey, I need to be around. I need to form relationships. I need to make sure everyone's on the same page. So that way, when an expansion inevitably is here, we're prepared and we know what's going on. I agree. Yeah. We know what's going on. Speaking of Arizona basketball, I can't tell if Raleigh Alkins is ready to talk to us because he's sitting in the waiting room, but there's no video. So I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to do video. Raleigh, if you're listening, I'm going to sit you there for 30 seconds. And if you don't turn on video, I'm going to try and pop you in here. <laughs> uh, awkward. But the point is, speaking of Raleigh Alkins, um, I, I think the value in, in where, the, where the Big 12 is now, you've got to get Arizona basketball, yeah. and you've got to get Gonzaga basketball. I think you have to. And if I'm Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, I am adding the Arizona schools, Utah, and Gonzaga. Yeah. And, hey, if you can, if you can get more than that and it makes sense, because I still think San Diego State's a huge chip, yeah. I would try and do that as well. I would. But that's just – again, that's just me, and yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. All right. Should we, should we, uh, should, yeah. we should we, should uh, we go here? Let's uh, get Raleigh Alkins from the SLC stars on the show. Raleigh, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, guys. Uh, can you guys hear me? Oh, yes, sir. I can hear you well. There he is. So Raleigh, let me ask you this. Arizona basketball. Do you want them to stay in the pack 10 now? UCLA and USC are gone, right? That came out yesterday. What should Arizona, even... as an Arizona basketball alum, where do you want them to wind up? Stay in the Pac-10, but I didn't even know that uh, USC and UCLA is gone. I didn't even know that. That's news to me. Wow. 
Yeah, so they're going to the Big Ten, and you you understand, I'm sure you understand, like the politics that is in the Pac-10, Pac, now the Pac-10, the UC Board of Regents, the California Board of Regents yesterday gave UCLA permission to go to the Big Ten. So now you're in a situation where, uh, you know, you're Arizona, you're having probably the best football year you've had in a long time, and that program looks like they're going in the right direction, but I think you would agree. I think Arizona's a, still one of the prime basketball programs in the country. If Arizona's on, you're watching TV, I think you would agree that that program is still very valuable. For sure, for sure. Um, you know, we won a lot of championships. I think they won last year, actually, in the Pac-12. And um, right now, currently top 10 in the country. So, for sure, definitely a top basketball program in, uh, in the U.S. Well, and I think, Raleigh, I, it'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about you know, the not punishment punishment that came down the other day. I mean, like, are you glad that that whole situation with Arizona and the FBI and all that nonsense, you must be glad to have that over with. I don't even know about what I don't even, I don't even keep up with that stuff right now. To be honest, I just focus on my, uh, my season with Salt Lake city stars, but, yep. uh, the not, I don't know what you mean by the not punishment punishment, but at the same time to answer your question, yeah, I don't really focus on that stuff. You know, during the season when I was in college, it was like, you know, it was hard to, like, you know, get away from. But yeah. as soon as I left college and uh, started my pro career, I, you know, basically just forgot about that stuff. Yeah, and I think, by the way, I mean, they took all of the sanctions that Arizona put on themselves and said, okay, cool, they lose a scholarship. Like, it's all over with now. And the question that a guy like you, I think, has to contemplate how much different would your life have been if you'd have had NIL in college? Because, <laughs> I, I mean, well, you, but think about that, Raleigh. Like, I mean, yeah, you, you must yeah. have been looking at that as like, wow, where was that when I was at Arizona? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, Arizona, uh, you know, they have the, one of the best fans in the country. So that NIL definitely helps. Uh, it would help a lot, you know, but because the fans, they show a lot of support. But at, at the same time, you know, I feel like everything happens for a reason. Um, I, I caught the late end of the stick, but I mean, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think, by the way, speaking of basketball and, and your career, I mean, it, it was really cool. I watched an interview you did with the Pac-12 Network um, about your time and, and seeing you, you seeing you back at, at Arizona and seeing where you've gone since you, you, you know, you left school. Like, I mean, it must've been pretty cool for you to be back there and see all of those alums. I mean, Arizona basketball is a family, dude. Like that's got to be something special for you to be part of. No, it's definitely special. I think when I, I think I know the interview that you're talking about. It's when uh, it's the red and blue game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was there, um, Jason Terry was there, Larry Markinen, uh, Stanley Johnson, all the, well, at the time he was with the jazz, but, that's three Utah Jazz play, um, um, affiliates right there, you know, and it just shows that Arizona basketball is everywhere. We have guys, uh, DeAndre Ayton, Alonzo Tree, a lot of pros that I played with, and I was, I'm thankful enough to play with these guys. Yep. And, um, you know, it just shows that Arizona's a family, and I, I, I'm happy to be there. I'm happy to be a part of that, um, that family. Well, and I think as we visit with Raleigh Alkins from the SLC Stars on the Monty Show, I think obviously you guys get a big win last night. You know, you, you play really well. And one of the things that Jake and I have talked about a lot with the Stars is when you guys have your group healthy, Frank Jackson, when everybody's healthy and back and playing well, you guys are you guys are a pretty good basketball team, A, to watch, but you guys actually play really good basketball. Yeah, no, for sure. And then, um, 
you know, we have some guys that's on the Jazz, Leo and Ochai, when they get sent down as well, it, it boosts us and it helps us with, uh, you know, with just having experience and a lot of great talent. I think, yeah, we did get um, banged up with some injuries. Marquise Bolden, you know, Johnny Juzang. Um, I don't want to miss anybody out, but, you know, all those guys that's being out, once they be, once they return as well, we're going to be even better. We had yeah. a great, great two game, great last two games. I think we're just playing with better energy and better, better effort. I don't know if you've seen the, if you guys seen the last game at Vivint, but those kids helped us a lot. <laughs> those yeah. kids that was in the in the in the um, crowd, they gave us a lot of energy. You know, we had guys that normally never dunk dunking in layup line, <laughs> just because the kids would yell every time that they would uh, dunk. So they was trying new things. But I think that it, they definitely helped us and that we, we capitalized on yesterday. And we're just hopefully looking for a, a great future. You know? Yeah, and I think it's interesting having you guys here at the Maverick Center. Uh, the SLC Stars play at the Maverick Center uh, the majority of your home games. Obviously, there's some at the Viv as well. But having you guys here, seeing like the family atmosphere and seeing the young players. I mean, you obviously, your life has been about basketball. When you see yeah. those young kids and you see them courtside and they're, I mean, they've got those bright eyes. What does that mean to you as a basketball player to see the impact that you have on kids like that? Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing to have that kind of impact on anyone, not just kids, but, uh, you know, for, for example, like you have uh, other NBA guys who get that type of effect on, on grown people, you know? So it's just, uh, you never know who's watching and you never know whose life you can impact. And to be able to, you know, that was a field trip for them. To have a field trip to go to a basketball game, if I was to have that when I was a kid, that would have been so amazing. But, uh, you know, it was just happy, and I was happy to, and thankful to have the opportunity to play in front of them, and we wanted to make sure that they didn't have, they had fun, you know? Yeah, and I, I think that's, by the way, if you haven't been to a Stars game, especially here at Maverick Center, I mean, it's all about fun. It's a great atmosphere to watch a game as we visit with Raleigh Alkins from the Stars, but Talk about life in, in, in the G League a little bit because, you know, like when James Wiseman was in town uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was all kinds of excitement around that. And he talked about how, hey, you know, I got he got called back up to Golden State and he's like, it was nice to sleep in a soft bed. And <laughs> I wonder, but Raleigh, I wonder your thoughts on that. Like, it's not an easy existence <laughs> in the said, G League. No, I mean, the G League definitely upgraded from when I last was there. Uh, I was there in 2018 and when I was there, you know, we had roommates on the road, so you would, like, have a roommate in the hotel. So now uh, they upgraded it, and now everybody has their own room. Everybody has their own apartment. It's, it's, uh, the money is going up. I think that, this, you know, it's trending in the right direction. I'm happy to be a part of this program and in, in this, this league. So I, yeah. don't, I don't have anything negative to say about it. Oh, not at all. But I think the the, the path and the, the – like, I look at Nico Mannion, who's playing in, I believe, Italy now. Yeah. You, you, there's two distinct paths that you take. Why is the G League the right fit for you? Um, for me, personally, I think uh, I'm, I'm one step closer to my goal. You know, I, I, I believe in myself as a basketball player. I think when you enter the G League, you, you take a risk because of the fact that uh, you never know. You never know if you're going to get that call. You never know if, uh, you know, watching – but when you go overseas, obviously you get guaranteed a little bit more money, more stability, and uh, I mean, that's another risk, but it's a different type of risk, you know. Yeah. I, <laughs> but uh, the G League for me, uh, to answer your question, just personally for me, because um, I don't know everyone else output on this, but uh, I would say 
I'm one step closer to my goal. I just uh, you never know who's watching. You know, the other day we had Danny Ainge in the gym. You know, we yeah, didn't, we didn't really play good that game that he was there, but it was against the Clippers. We lost that game, but you know, don't, you just never know who's watching. We have a showcase on um, this weekend. We playing against. Uh, we're playing in front of nothing but NBA scouts. There's no fans. Uh, no fans allowed. No family. Just scouts. So when you look in the crowd, you're just gonna see nothing but front office. Wow. Um, execs, you know, you never know who's there. So you just keep controlling what you can control and then you just, you know, grind and hopefully you pray and hope for the best, you know. Well, and I think when you're when you're in the jazz organization, I, I don't think there's any doubt that there's opportunity, man. I mean, it, it is you look at where this club is at now in a tra- clearly a transition period after coming out of the summer and into where you are now. I mean, I, I would guess you're a guy who feels like you, you have A, the skill, but B, you have the opportunity. You just, you got to make the most of this opportunity, I would think. For sure. No, for sure. Every day that I get to play basketball with this team and, uh, you know, just every day in general, it's an opportunity. And like I said, I have coaches that's willing to help me get better every day. And we're playing against great talent, great competition, great pros, other pros. It's not just, uh, I believe I, I can, um, I'm a pro basketball player, but everybody on my team is a pro basketball player as well, you know? Yeah. We got a lot of great competition. So it's just, it, it pushes you and you compete every day. And it's going to benefit in the long run. Yeah. Well, hey, man, good to meet you. Good to talk to you. I appreciate you getting up early. I know you guys had a game last night. So thanks for that. Stay healthy and uh, good luck in your showcase this weekend, man. Hey, thank you guys so much. I appreciate the opportunity and appreciate you guys as well. There you go. Raleigh Alkins with the SLC Stars. And again, you guys, if you haven't been to a Stars game, especially here at the Maverick Center, I would tell you, bring the kids out. It's a great family experience. Jake and I talked about that earlier. Um, But it's just fun. And that Wiseman, watching Wiseman that night, watching the Stars since then, you get closer to the game and you understand the the athletic ability and i think sometimes i take it for granted because we've seen so much of the nba up close the athletic ability of a guy like raleigh or frank jackson or any of the guys on the stars and by the way that team's loaded but you look at ochai Baji, the games we've seen him in person he's looked fantastic everyone's always like oh it's the g league it's the g league these guys aren't good it's like no dude these guys are like some of the best basketball players in the world and and yeah, sure they're in the G League. They're not in the NBA right now, but they're one. They're one. They're a phone call away from being in in the in in the NBA. So to me, it's like it's just one of the best value propositions out there as far as like a sporting event to go to or like something to do, something to go see these guys. And obviously, you can see Raleigh's a great guy. I mean, yeah. humble as they come, like like an amazing path, like. You know, you heard what he said about his time at uh, at, at Arizona. Like, you know, the, he's got a great story, and I think that you know he's he is definitely one of their better players. And I think that that he is. I I, I hope to to see him in the league soon, man. Yeah, good talking to Raleigh Alkins uh, from the Stars. And I I again will tell you, get to the SLC Stars website or get to the Maverick Center website. Uh, get your tickets, and it is it's a it's a really fun. Fun time. All right, 9 o'clock on the Monty Show presented by uh, The Advocates, theadvocates.com. Uh, good interview. Yeah. We, I, I, interview. Like, I really like having conversations with guys like Raleigh because yeah. he won't say it. The G League is a tough existence. Like when you played at Arizona and you've played internationally, and I, I think that is a uh, – Did is we break a, 200? Did we break 200? We did, did break we 200. Did. Hey! Go. 
203. Let's go. Amazing work, people. Thank you. Thank you 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 so much. Thank you. All right. And to reward you, um, let's, let's talk about Costco versus Sam's Club. This isn't even a conversation. Okay. So I'm not a Sam's guy. Right. Are you a Costco or a Sam's guy? We're Costco guys. Yeah. But Sam's Club raised their rates about six months ago, as did Amazon Prime. Right. Costco is contemplating it. They have not yet. Will you pay more for your Costco membership? Um, mm, Probably not. That feels like something where it would be smarter to consolidate memberships and have one and like share one and share costs. Like why would somebody, yeah. why would you, why would you have like four Costco memberships when you can just share one? You know what I mean? Like, like I love Costco. I like chicken pot pie, chicken bake, pizza, hot dog, you know, the tamales you guys got the other night. Like there's all kinds of stuff that you can get at Costco. That's amazing. Enchiladas. But, but yeah, enchiladas. But like I, they're talking about raising it to like 160 or something like that. I think like for the premiere. Yeah. Yeah. So like to me, it's just, yeah, it's not quite, I probably wouldn't. I'm a Costco guy uh, for sure. Luis Capazzo says Costco all day long. Jake, what do you get at Costco as I am swimming right now? (laughs) Um, Yeah, like I said, I mean, apple pie, obviously. Costco Popeye. Um, Their uh, rotisserie chicken, both freshly cooked and prepackaged, is bomb. Absolutely amazing. Okay, so what's the difference between Costco and Amazon? Costco and Amazon. What's the difference? Well, obviously, the main difference is that it's digital versus <laughs> in store. Um, but I think the the main difference, I think, is experience. I and mean, if I'm being honest, like you know, the Costco thing is it's an experience unto itself. Like you, we had a story the other day on the show about one of our listeners' kids saying, "Hey, I'm only going to go to Costco if it's a quote sampling time." Like people go to Costco just for the samples, but like if you go to Costco, a the people watching is amazing. Number one. B, I think the selection is really interesting, too, like how they rotate through product. Like if you go to a Costco in the summer, they're going to have different things than if you go in the winter. Now, I'm not a big, you know, Costco, you know, buying things at Costco that are anything else than food. I mean, I bought like a desk or a chair, like random office stuff, but they sell like all kinds of stuff. So to me, the difference between Costco and Amazon is that it's mainly the in-person versus digital aspect. But in-person has a lot to offer. The samples, the people watching, Cafe 150, which I think is another talking point here. How valuable is Cafe 150 to you guys? Because for me, it's incredibly valuable. What what better thing to do on a Saturday if you have to go shopping, if you got to go and feed the family and fill up the cabinets in the fridge, than to go to Costco, have some fun, bring the kids, walk around, get some samples, Spend your 200 bucks because it seems like it's impossible to get out of Costco under two bills. Go to Cafe 150. What better way? So to me, if if I had a preference, I'd probably prefer Costco. But obviously, Amazon is everything under the sun. My biggest problem with Amazon is they, and it's not really a problem. It's more just like how they execute it. Costco will literally, or Amazon will literally deliver things at like two in the morning. It happens all the time. So I'll be leaving for work. And there will be two cases of Monster Zero right here. This this guy, right? Like this stuff. There'll be two cases just sitting on my porch. And I don't even know that they're there. And I'm at four in the morning. I'm not checking the Amazon app to know if Buddy the Amazon driver dropped off my, my Monster packages. Like, I'm not checking that. So there have been times where I'll be, like, walking out my front door. And I'll, like, trip over the stuff that they leave at my door. Like, so that to me is, like, one of the only downsides 
to Amazon. Did Dude, you survive? Overnight, overnight deliveries are terrible. First of all, it is still pouring snow out. Yeah, I see. Yeah. I don't know if we're going snowboarding. Yeah, I today. think I think, yeah, unfortunately. Whew. Dude. Dude. You have to explain the, the potty break thing. You gotta explain it. <laughs> Bro, I was floating. <laughs> Like when the Raleigh interview ended, I was like, all right, I got to, we're either going to end the show or I'm going to go potty. And so I ran upstairs. There's like a bathroom right up the stairs. <laughs> you got to run up the stairs. And by the time you get to the bathroom, you're just like, <laughs> the difference between wearing a yoga pant and a jean. Yeah. I have on yoga pants today. Is massive, yeah. bro. Yeah. So if I don't have meetings after, after the show, I wear Nike yoga pants and they're so much easier to navigate. <laughs> But the, the, the Amazon guy leaving stuff on your front porch in the middle of the night pisses me off. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that. See, I agree with Jesse Harsh's comment right here. Where, a little, right little here? bit up. Little, yeah, right there. Right there. It should be a reality TV show. Jake, people watching at Costco should be a reality TV show. It should because the people at Costco, we were there last week to get those enchiladas, or I guess that was this week, watching people have an argument over what chip they want. Watching, like, a couple of weeks ago when they started rolling out the, the, the samples. Yeah. Watching people fight over those meat Fact. sticks. Fact. Those, like, whatever they call them, the Jimmy's meat sticks. I'm sorry, I thought you said a meat stick. Hey, dude, it's a meat Fact. stick. And there's nothing wrong with having to go tinkle during the show, by the way, but it is. Uh, Matt Webb says, yo, bros, what's up? What's up, dude? Uh, more, Luis Capazzo says, more people. More likes, people. Hit, yeah, the hit the button. What are we at now? Are we Have we crossed into the all-time record territory yet? No, the all-time record is like 700. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, okay. on the Rudy Gobert show. Okay. It was like 700. But for a, for a regular live show, I think we're, we're like 260-something. Yeah, 260-something, I think, is the record. As a, as a regular. Yeah. Um, but right now, we're at 206 likes, and we are at 85, 37. Hey. Let's go. Hey. You guys are kicking ass today. Let's go. Um, but let's see, uh, Greg Romano says, uh, I still go to Costco for food, drinks, and bulk, large items, Amazon for everything else. That's kind of how Mrs. Monty is too. Yeah. I'm a Harmon's guy though. Yeah. I do like what let, but can somebody explain to me the ground Turkey shortage at Harmon's every day? Well, like, it's, but it's remember the day. So Harmon's, I don't know if you know this Harmon's doesn't get restocked till Thursday afternoon. I asked. Oh, they I don't did get not restocked until Thursday afternoon. So, like, their week doesn't work Monday through Friday. Their week works Thursday to Thursday. So, you'll okay. notice that if you go to a uh, Harmon's on Friday morning, store will be loaded. Fully loaded, no outages, everything that you could ever want. Awesome. Awesome. Let's go. Uh, Brent says, already hit the like button, Hulk. Uh, Jesse Harsh says, buddy, the Amazon driver, what's your favorite color? <laughs> uh, Amazon blue. Uh, exactly. Riley O'Brien says 205 thumbs up. Well exactly done. right. Well We're done. At Quite the performance. We are at 207 now. Appreciate that. Sammy J says the rotisserie chicken is better and bigger at Costco. That's for sure. Compared to the skinny chicken they have at Walmart. I love the rotisserie <laughs> chicken. And again, the enchiladas. Let's talk about our favorite Costco stuff. Yeah. The, the chilled prepared food, like the mac and cheese section. Yeah. The enchiladas with rotisserie chicken uh, uh, erecting. It's amazing. Uh, love that. Those street yeah, I know yeah. what time it is. Damn right. Those street taco kits they yes, have. Yes, that come in the black oh, container that are, that are a little bit long. So they have tortilla, Dude. cabbage, chicken, and two types of salsas. Bomb. Dude, it's crazy. It is absolutely yeah, crazy. Bomb. To Those things are amazing. But non-prepared food that I buy there, uh, all kinds of bags of salad, 
uh, grapes, blueberries. We eat a ton of blueberries in my house because they're great for you. So we buy blueberries there. We buy uh, olive oil. Yeah. The the extra virgin olive oil in the yes you in the, did yes you did the dark green glass because that's the only way extra virgin olive oil stays well. Um, I don't buy peanut butter there anymore because mainly because I don't eat peanut butter. It's too many calories. So wait, what is this thing about green glass and olive oil? Oh, did you not know that? Yeah. Um, light damages olive oil. So oh. the reason that you see. Anytime you see extra virgin olive oil in a clear glass container, don't buy it. It's trash. The The olive oil you want is in the dark black or green glass huh. because that glass protects the olive oil from UV. Huh. Did you not know that? I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. I never heard of that. Yeah. You got to you gotta do that. Uh, let's see. San Diego State says stuffed salmon, rotisserie chicken, and chicken alfredo. Oh, dude. I'm such a fat ass on chicken alfredo. You are. You do. That's dude, one thing we are totally different dude. on. Fat. Fat. You love you some Fat. chicken alfredo. Oh, dude, I, I mean all day. All day. You, you I go if I'm going to Olive Garden, chicken alfredo. No, no, not even give me chicken alfredo and ten breadsticks and we're good to go. Love it. Everybody's saying let's get to three hundred likes. I agree. I absolutely yeah, agree. Yep. You want to yep. get to three hundred? Let's do it, folks. I would that would be huge for this show. Luis Capazzo says I like the cheese section. They do have a pretty good cheese section. I'll give them that. Yep. Um Mike Phillips says Harmons is my go-to, but damn, they're expensive. They okay, are, so dude. we get garden variety produce at Harmons because their produce is second to none. So things like mi those mini tomatoes, Mrs. Yeah. Monty, yeah, likes. little baby tomatoes, onion, um, green onion, like that stuff. We get there. Any like tortilla chips, generally. But let me ask you this: So they built two new Harmons in our area. They built one down in Riverton off Mountain View. Yeah, phenomenal. Right, amazing Harmons. They built another one that's really small in Daybreak, like a secondary one, store. which, yeah, I'm not a big Hate fan of that store. one. But why are you nostalgic about the one at the district? What is it about that one? Because that is like your favorite Harmons. Hey, it's the closest one to my house. Right. Like, it's easy to get to. The one at Mountain View Village, I hate that it's in the back of the parking lot. It's hard to get to. Uh -huh. I got to go through like four stop signs and a stoplight. It, it just once I get off of the Mountain View corridor. You have to, so you have to turn left at 126, though. Yes. You can't go all the you can't go to the second light right turn left and then left and then. But you then know, you like, gotta go all the way through Mountain View Village. You gotta yeah. go buy super chicks in Chipotle. <laughs> Which is bad for business. Yeah, it, it's obviously it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Uh Greg Romano says, uh, I like the ribs. Oh, the ribs and the wings. Yeah. Where the rotisserie chicken is, they they will have ribs and, and wings in, in there as well. Oh yeah. my god, yeah. so good. I also buy Polish sausage and buns separately because the deli doesn't serve it. Dude, have uh, you had smoked Polish sausage. Oh, it's fin it's it awesome on a Traeger. Oh my ridiculous. god, ridiculous! Yeah, totally. And absolutely by the way, right. total hack for those of you who have smokers: put your bun on the smoker on the top rack. Yes, for like four minutes before you take the sausages yes. off. Absolutely. Uh, talking with Raphael podcast says rotisserie chicken Brussels oh, sprouts. Come on, come on, oh, dude! I'm telling you, Mrs. Monty, Darkwing Duck loves I'm herself some Brussels sprouts. Uh, quinoa, uh, quino. Uh, French bread sliced for the French toast. Oh, oh French toast. Dude. UC Regent Gumby says fat. Yeah, exactly dude. right. Fat. Out. Luis Capazzo says, gotta agree on the Alfredo. It's scrumptious. It's so good. Like, it's and just I, and so you're talking bad to for someone you. who, well, yeah, but, but none of this is good. But I don't me. even mean bad for you. Like, Alfredo it's is. Garbage. Yeah, it's garbage. Oh it's got God. dairy. It's got noodle. Dude. It's got chicken. Like, it's terrible, dude. It's awful for you. Ooh, San Diego State, stop it. He says, Dungeness crab legs on the grill. Yes. 
Um, Costco rotisserie for the I'm win. I'm telling you. Now, let me ask you this, though. Do you get the one that's freshly baked that's in that's hot, or do you get the one that's cut already and prepackaged? Because that one that's cut and prepackaged, ideal for meal prepping if you're a meal prepper. Probably cut and prepackaged. Yeah. If we're being honest. Yeah. Probably cut and prepackaged. That because that one is oh all yeah. of it's good. Yeah. Ruff's official says Winco is better than Costco. Nah, I disagree, dude. Not a, I tried Winco. Not a Winco guy. The problem with Winco is it's all things like box macaroni and cheese. You know what my problem with Winco helper. is, dude? You know what my problem is? They don't take credit cards. That's right. It pisses me off. That's right. What kind of store are you that doesn't take credit cards? Yeah, and I don't ever use my debit card. Yeah, I don't carry ever. a debit card. Yeah, I only use my Amex so that I get the points. Come on. Yeah, and it's not worth the risk to me to use my debit card and have my pin hacked. And nah, bro. Yeah. Not good. Capazzo says, I've never tried the uh, crab on the grill. Thanks for the idea. Uh, Ron Nolan says, how's the traffic on the west side? Terrible. It is pouring snow over here. Yeah, I can see it in this box. This box sign we have on the wall here yeah it's, it's crazy it's a ton of snow right now it it, it it's rough uh whoa cody strickland says i told my wife on monday and tuesday's jazz game is going to be huge and that it's early a few hours before she gets off she almost stabbed me to death if i watch it without her okay that escalated quickly I'm Domestic violence is never the answer yeah jesse harsh does anyone here buy the cakes at costco yes no, I mean, no, 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 I, no, 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 we don't, we, no, no. Dude, you know what I haven't tried that I really want to try there? What? The stupid pastries. Yeah. Oh my it's God. It's National Cupcake Day. Is it really? Yeah. My friend Amber, um, and if you guys don't follow her on Insta Snap Face, you're dumb. Yeah. Uh, AMB underscore Ness, AMB underscore Ness, phenomenal baker, phenomenal cake artist, phenomenal graphic designer. Um, she's making me a birthday cake. I'm going to use her for a birthday cake. Okay. Sick. You know, I'm going to get Sick. the best birthday cake ever. Cause Amber's an amazing baker, but she always makes these Can she little... come in studio and present it. Oh, she should. She That'd should. be fun. But she makes these little, I don't even know what you call them. Hors d'oeuvres. No, they're like these cookies with cream in the middle. And I mean, the lady just, I get fat looking at her baking yeah. timeline. I do. Um, I love the sheet cake that you get at Costco. The apple pie is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, the, the cookies. cinnamon rolls are bomb. Oh, cinnamon rolls are bomb. Yeah. I'm so fat. Uh, Ron Nolan says, King Crab Legs, best deal. Um, Kane Nuren says, mine is Sam's Club, best deals. Okay. Harsh says, uh, Winco has special place in my heart open 24-7. Well, they that are. could be clutch. And there's one right off of Mountain View Corridor. Uh, Romano says, Winco has the worst produce section of all the grocery stores. Well, you don't... See, the problem at Winco is, you, yeah, you go there not for produce. You go yeah. there for... Packaged goods. If we're being honest, you're going there for pasta and white bread and full sugar soda. Yeah. And they sell tons of it. Yeah. Like any cookies. Like, they have the best selection of Pop-Tarts in the world. I was going to buy three cases of Monster from there. Didn't do it because they don't take credit cards. Yeah, I don't know why they don't take credit cards. The fees, obviously. It's the cost of yeah. the credit card for them. All right. But, you know, uh, Costco pretzel rolls are undefeated. They are. Uh, Jesse says the chocolate mousse layered loaf cake at Costco is goat. We've had that many times. Yeah. Yes. Uh, cookies and cream in the middle. Don't you mean Oreos? God, I love uh, double stuffed golden Oreos. Bomb. I can't think of the word for those stupid little, is it macaroons? Um, macaroons? Macaroons. I don't know. But they're the little fluffy cookies with like cream in the middle and they're so good. They're, they're just so good. 
Um, before we leave, can we talk about our experience at MacDeezy? Oh, man. Yeah. Because we wanted to update you guys on this. Yeah. So, you know, French the, macaroons, French macaroons. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. She makes those are phenomenal. Yeah. And she yeah. does these little designs on top yeah. of French things. Mac, and yeah. yeah. Amber underscore Ness on Instagram. If you need a baker yeah. uh, or a graphic designer, she's yeah. awesome. Um, so we went to McDonald's the other day on a whim because you guys basically dared us to. Well, uh, the and it day was when dollar hammering all those deals through the app. We decided, yeah. you know what? We'll try it. We'll try it. It was a disaster. Um, <laughs> I know you're surprised. No other way around it, dude. I know you're surprised. But so we order through the app. We show up and you have to hit the I'm here. Bring my food out jerk button. So you hit the button and the parking spots are full. So it's one, two or three. There's only again, three. They know who you are based on the parking yeah, spot. So there's only three there. So I put zero, zero. The lady comes out and Jake's like, hey, is that, are you looking for us? And she's like, no. Because I had ordered two double cheeseburgers, two fries and chicken McNuggets. The confusion was that on the order, there were no chicken nuggets on their end. Pissed me off. So she came out like 20 seconds after we got there. We waited about five minutes. Jake goes in and she's like, oh yeah, this is your food. The same food that was outside. So now we got cold food. I order the chicken nuggies because they didn't go through on the app for whatever reason. Boom, out in like 20 seconds. Yeah. So I don't know. Was that us being moronic? Me, specifically. I don't think it was us being moronic. I think what it is is it's a flaw in their system. I think it is. Because if you're doing mobile ordering but you only have three spots, that doesn't set people up for success when you're busy. Yeah. The, you, I'm telling you, screw the mobile app. Just go through the drive-thru. Yeah. It's so much easier and it's faster. I'm just saying... Don't order food on an app for fast food. Yeah. Just don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because it's garbage. There's no reason to do it. Yeah. I, I, just go in or go through the drive-thru. It was such a frustrating experience. Yeah. I hated every minute of it. And I'll never do it again. Having said that, I'm starving right now. Yeah, same. Um, but I, it just was wholly... Unenjoyable. Unenjoyable. Yeah. And by the way, the food sucked. Yeah. If you're, it's not it, even good. So again... If you're a fast food guy, you only go to McDonald's for breakfast. Yep. And you go to Burger King or Super Chicks is where I would tell you to go for lunch. So it is what it is. Anyway. Yeah. All right, 920. A couple more comments because then we got to go. Brad Turner says, which has better pumpkin pie? Costco. Costco for sure. Mike Phillips says, if you want hard to find produce for Mexican dishes, Winco is fantastic. Oh, really? I did not know that. My wife, Darkwing Duck, makes an absolutely phenomenal phenomenal tortilla soup phenomenal when she has two arms uh brad turner says this is how i was going to decide with uh with the new logan costco there's a new costco in logan hmm. i was unaware of that uh mike phillips says it is a macaroon thank you uh brent terry says i hadn't been to mcdonald's in 10 years and went for the same reason it was also a disaster won't go back for another 10 years exactly yeah. dude yeah exactly exactly Brent, I agree 100%. San Diego State says uh, Winco is owned by the employees. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, you have to support that. The company is also based in Boise, which sucks. Part of my money going to pay Bronco supporters. Stomach ache. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, MH5. <laughs> what? Why isn't Oreos a Schedule II drug in the Controlled Substance Act? That's what Too I'm saying, dude. To be That's legal. what I'm saying. You okay? Favorite flavor of Oreo? Oh, real golden quick. double stuff. It ain't even a conversation. I think you're right. Yeah, it's not even, and it has. I don't enjoy not double stuffed Oreos. And please do not roll in here and tell me it's pumpkin spice. Yeah, don't. Yeah, that's not, bro. That's not cool. Yeah.
That's like saying that a, a, a Reese's egg t tastes the same as a Reese's tree. Well, they do. They don't. They don't. I'm telling you, the shape changes the flavor. The shape changes the flavor. I am telling you that right now. Oh, yeah. Talking with Rafael says, I'm super excited for the World Cup Finals. I got Argentina for the win. No, not going to happen. France is going to win. France is going to win, and we have 214 nice likes. Nice show today. Nice show today. Yeah, please consider, if you have not hit the like button, all 162 of you, if you haven't hit the like button, we would love to get to 300 uh, likes today. We're at 214. Consider giving us a like. It really helps the channel grow. We'll be back tomorrow on the show. The Monty Show, as always, is presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Theadvocates.com. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.